Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. You have just downloaded the free version of The Sun Ranto Show, which is chock full of advertising. If you would like to listen to the ad-free and early version of The Sun Ranto Show, well, then become a Patreon patron at patreon.com slash sunranto. It's just a dollar a month, and there are perks at every single level, including music and extra content. And you can also join our Discord and uh, hang out with us over there. Just join. Patreon.com slash Sunranto. It's the right thing to do. Cubby blue blood flowing through our veins. Sitting in the bleachers in the rain. We shed a million tears and drank as many old self beers out at the game. Let's go, Cubby Sunranto. With Michael. Sunranto. And Crawley. Sunranto and the lovable loser. Sunranto. With Michael. Sunranto. And Crawley. Sunranto and the lovable losers. Sunranto. That was quite spirited, Michael. You obviously do not have COVID nineteen because your lungs sound wonderful. I, you know, I, I actually, the other six days of the week, I do that like ten times a day just so I'm fucking a top of my game for this night to just throw it in there. I got, I, I had one less day of practice this week. Taking online voice lessons. Me, 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 me. Son, 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 son. Ran, 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 ran. To, to, to. Me. So, uh, welcome to the Sun Ranto Show. My name's Danny Rocket. That, of course, was Michael Cotton screaming in your ears. And Crawley Cubs is down in his Crawley Cub. What are you going to call that place? Is it just the clubhouse or what? Crawley's is- Clubhouse. Yeah, that, that makes sense to me. That, that that works because you've already made it up a long time ago. Um, <laughs> well, like, if he quit using that right now, like, he finally gets this thing. He's like, you know what? Clubhouse doesn't work for me anymore. Yeah. Eh, it's not happening. <laughs> it's been I'm like calling it Paul's Pad. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, this show, of course, is brought to you by our 104 Patreon supporters. Thank you very much for being a Patreon member. Uh, that is, uh, those are the people that uh, support he- us here at the Sunranto Show. It's patreon.com slash Sunranto if you want to become a part of it. There are perks at every level and more to come. Damn, um, damn so- it, I just spilled beer on my pants. Yeah, Robert <laughs> yeah, Sanchez all- heard that going to the thing, and then now he's all wet. Damn it. <laughs> yeah, Robert Sanchez said, I hear a beer crack, and Crawley's crack says, I, I, I feel beer in my crack. So um, yep. what do you got there, Club 400 going down your pants right now? Yeah, the Club 400, a, a beer for all nine innings and good for your cracks. Fill your cracks. Fill your cracks with Club 400. Little sticky for lube, but uh, what are you going to do? <laughs> um, so I, I wanted to say we had so much fun last week with the new StreamYard giveaway tool, which is how we broadcast the show. 
Uh, and Artie Boucher won the chance for a chance, which is a postcard. And I got a new one this week. Look at this Frank Chance postcard. He's like, is there bat? I don't even know where that is. It looks like they're on the road. I don't know if they had home and road uniforms back then. I really don't know. But there's Frank Chance in a postcard. And, and you can see the back of this postcard is blank. And here's what's going to happen. If you type into the chat right now, that's on Twitter, it's on Facebook, that's on YouTube, just hashtag chance. You will be then automatically entered to win me writing you a postcard on this uh, <laughs> Frank Chance. Unless you don't want me to write on it, I'll give it to you because you want to collect it or something. But I, but normally I'll just write you a nice message like I wrote to Artie last week, tell him how glad I was that he won and nobody else won. So uh, Chance, just uh, so comment in there we go. Jeff Berta just did it. Uh, I'll put I'll put it up here. Uh, chance Dominic's got chance. Uh, Jeff Berta's got chance. Hashtag chance. I don't know if you have to put a hashtag or not. I'm not. It's uh, just not sure. It's just so easy. Why would I would put the hashtag? On yeah. Put the hashtag chance. No exclamation. That's point. Jonathan Mole. Make sure you put the hashtag. Yeah, yeah. Jonathan Mole, uh, put the hashtag. You got chance with an exclamation point, which I appreciate the enthusiasm. I certainly do, but. Uh, just put chance with a hashtag and you have a better chance to actually win Uh chance for a chance. We'll remind you later. Uh, and you get a postcard from me. Um, so, uh, at least you didn't put hashtag dry pants. <laughs> well, that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's next week. Actually, we can have people say whatever we want them to say. It's too late now for this one. So next we could week, do, we'll do pants that. for pants. We could do pants for Clark. We could like we could give all sorts <laughs> of crap away and we can make people tweet out terrible, terrible hashtags. Uh, like we could make a uh, tweet out crypto, so every crypto bro on freaking don't Twitter. even start with oh that shit. God. All right, I, 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 do you want to text it? Fucking work about that weird ass shit. I still don't get it. and I care not to. I intentionally like <laughs> it's, irritated. Dude, about. It's a way to get money from people. That's not real money. What don't you understand? <laughs> yeah, for for people wondering what we're talking about, Danny and I had a nice long conversation uh, because. Neither one of us have actual real jobs during the day. <laughs> Crawley's at work, and his phone. And he told us he got very excited because his phone kept buzzing his balls because we just kept texting on this thread, knowing that uh, Crawley can't actually uh, join in. <laughs> Showing off our new NFTs. Um, uh, David Elliott writes in uh, hashtag pants for chance. Hey, maybe next week I'll find a pantsless photo of Frank Chance we'll do, or any guy named Chance. It doesn't matter. Pantsless Chance, I'm sure it'll come up on my Google. Chance search. the rapper. Yeah, Chance. I'm well, sure there you go. Pantsless. Yeah. Oh, did you guys see that rapper uh, having sex at the hockey game last night? No. It was it was all over Twitter. Somebody filmed it, and uh, from across the stadium, he was in a in a like a box and it was obvious. Like you could see what was going wow. on. It was yeah. crazy. Yeah, um, <laughs> so did, a pencil's rapper. Sorry. That took me off on a, did, a did he tangent. get penalized for high sticking? <laughs> hey, no, we can do this all night. Folks. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so it was more of a hip check. So um, <laughs> you can't get pregnant from that. So that's good. Uh, so uh, John Lester retired. So we thought we would spend a little bit of time today uh, talking about John Lester and how much he meant to us and how much he meant to the Cubs, maybe sharing some of our favorite stories, our favorite plays, our favorite John Lester moments. We want to hear about him in the chat, too, if you think of anything that you want to talk about with John Lester. But, you know, um, I don't know who wants to start. I, I guess I'll start because I'm already talking. But um for me, uh, one of the most, one of the best moments, because we all know about John Lester and the yips, 
and he couldn't oh, throw. Yeah. He couldn't throw to first base, and he had he just he couldn't do it. He, he had to bounce. He was doing the bounce pass for a while to Rizzo. He was doing all this stuff. Just you wrote a song about it. I do bounce pass, and I also did. Lester always uh, Lester always flips it underhand, which I'm I'm going to play it at the end of the show. But uh, I I figured as long as we're going to copyright infringe, we should just go all the way through, and I'm going to show you the play where John Lester picks off the Cardinals Tommy Fam. I was at this baseball game. Uh, fam's dancing off of first base. You'll see here. Check it out. We're going to play it because oh, and this I, I'm going to preface this. This is the Cardinals broadcast. Which is which is the way to listen, which is the way to watch this play. Okay. I'll just preface that. He's almost a third of the way to second base. <laughs> I think every guy should do this. There's no question about it. Whether I you agree. have speed or not. Absolutely. Now that you heard that, That's you know what's about to happen, right? that he has. See, if he throws over where Tommy Pham is, he just takes off uh, the second base. Lester just fake good, just fake him back. They're so confident that he could just like, walk the second and no step problem. off and hold the ball. He's not going to throw to first base. He's not going to throw. And, uh, and he throws, yeah. and he's out. That's all right. Look at that crowd. John Lester looks into the dugout. Oh, man. Then he looks into the dugout and just, like, gives him. And he, he doesn't glare, like, do one of those, like, Mrs. Garrett, the Amir Garrett uh, glare where he's, like, obviously trying to fight. John Lester just looks over. He's like, well, you didn't think I could, did you? Yeah, what do you think? I, just, I love that. And, and in your face, Tim McCarver. So that that's probably one of my favorite John Lester plays of all time, you know. Um, it, I know that that's. Not what he added to the Cubs organization. Obviously, the you know when they signed him, that was when you knew they were serious. Because, but that's that's what's fun about baseball. Like, yeah, he he struck lots of people out. He won lots of games for the Cubs. He did lots of things. But that was what we always expected him to do. But he also provided us with these moments of joy because you didn't expect it out of him. You think about that really being the beginning of of the start of the run. You know, you had all this stuff built up there, but it really was the start of the run. And I remember that, you know, 15. Boston tried Boston tried lowballing him and he was pissed about it, went to Oakland, was traded to Oakland, and Boston thought they would walk in and just re-sign him again. And Theo and Jed, who had scouted and signed a young Lester and all that gave him a pitch, and that pitch was basically you on the mound, game seven, Cubs win the World Series. Yeah, they made like a hype video uh, sort of like that, right? Right. Like like you remember that uh, like MLB The Show or some video the game? Commercial. Yeah. The commercial before like this 2015. Bef- it, like I would get almost teary-eyed watching a fake commercial oh, about what it might I be. I full-on cried at that video. <laughs> before and the and they did that. Won. Yeah, they did that for John Lester. And they also gave him, like, a camouflage Cubs hat or some shit. Like, there was something to do with hunting that, like, he talked about at one time. Like, that was that really that really got me. Well, they then, knew me. And then to bring over <laughs> David Rossi, and then you, you as well, who's now the Cubs manager, to get that, like, kind of veteran know-how on the team. John Lester had pitched in a lot of big games. I mean, and he was Theo's guy from before. So. Yeah. You know, and then you know, Theo then was, was not the one that lowballed him. 
Yeah, and there was and there was a, a connection with between him and Rizzo as well, having them both have having had cancer in the past. Plus, like they, they both had cancer, and Rizzo was younger at the time in the Cubs organization, and they thought it'd be a great idea for Lester to kind of you know Rizzo was diagnosed; he was a member of the Red Sox, and John was already. Um, he was already, you know, a big name for the Red Sox. And so they had a meet and Rizzo fainted that day. It's a famous story about that. And, uh, you know, to me, it's like you get somebody with that kind of prowess who's already been through the ringer like that. And we just all kind of knew. And right away I wrote that song, Lester Day, which was like my first big Cubs hit, which I'll also play at the end of the show. And just I just remember that feeling of when we got him in that offseason that, uh, you know, Cub fans – and I haven't felt this way maybe since then, you know, where you really felt like – they were building something to win that you could believe what the Ricketts at the time were telling us that they were going to build a championship team. Somebody that was going to have an open window for a long time, just be patient with them. They're going to do the nice neighbor thing. They're going to be the, the, the they're going to redo Wrigley. And uh, you know, John Lester was just really the first thing on that. So what do you guys have as um, your, one of your favorite moments? I think I know what, what Michael's is. Yeah. Go ahead, uh, Michael. Okay. Uh, should, should I play it? Because we're we're doing all the. Uh, yeah. Go go ahead and play it. Uh, yeah. And and then I'll I'll go through this a little bit because, you know, and I've already seen it in the chat. Uh, we got Roberto Ra- Ramos. Um, Tim DeHate says he was at this game. Uh, I was at this game, and uh, it was the John Lester. Well, I, unfortunately, Jason Hayward. Unfortunately, there's a problem with the file. So ah, let's, let's, let's go to a different one. Uh, how about this one? This is uh, also uh, having to do with first base. No, sorry. Wrong video. Snagged by Lester. And he'll throw the glove. And Rizzo drops his glove. The so highest paid Lester's player glove. in like That's the history. smartest play in the history of he baseball. He can't afford a glove. That won't yeah, rip on a grounder back there. With, with the tip of the cap, at some point along the way, Lester probably saw that video, Terry Mulholland making that play. For the podcast listeners, what we just watched. How about Rizzo was, dropping his glove? Uh, Padres comebacker, he catches it with his glove, but it, it, the ball lodges in the, in the mitt, and he has to throw the entire glove to Rizzo to get the out. That's what we just watched. And uh, here now, now I've got this uh, kind of geared up on YouTube. Here, this is the walk-off bunt against the Mariners by John Lester. And I'll just uh, can you see that right there? Yep. Yeah. Two-two. He gets the bunt down. Runner coming home. Cubs win. Jason Hayward scores with two strikes on him. Yes. Oh, and then they go and they rip his shirt off and they throw and the baby powder on him, all the stuff. And, and that game was started by somebody weird. Who started that game? Oh, so I have that up. Brian Mattis. Mattis, yeah. Yeah, Brian Mattis. So, uh, or Matus or whatever the fuck. Yeah. So Brian Mattis gives up three separate innings. The first, the second, and the third inning. He gives up a two run Homer in each one of those innings until they finally get him out of there. Uh, he's, he, and he's going up against, uh, King Felix, Felix Hernandez. Uh, and this is actually two days after the original, no, one day after the original, uh, John Baker day. 
Yeah, it was uh, a yeah. so it was actually the the thirtieth of uh, July. Well, uh, yeah, thirty first. Yeah, so it's two days after John Baker did. And uh, and I got to go to the game because some I can't remember. Maybe you can remember this, Danny. I can't remember the guy's names. Somebody offered you a ticket to go to this game, and, I and was, by Sunday night I was leaving. I was were, going yeah. on tour with the band. And so I went instead. So this poor sap got me instead of you in the first place, and then another guy, John, maybe something had an even better ticket, but we had already told this other guy I was going. So I was like, okay. So I go and I hang out with this dude and his wife and his friend and and it's fun. And we're up the third baseline a little bit. And I'm like, I got to go over and talk to this other guy. I go over there. He's like behind home plate. So and I'm like, Oh, I got it from. Yeah. So I was like, I got to hang out over here. And ultimately I hang out with him watching the game. Uh, and, and this game is insane. Right, and I keep kind of going. Come back because they came back. There was six nothing, and then they won. What was the final on it? Seven it six. Was, yeah, because in the ninth they scored three runs in the ninth. the The tying run was Addison Russell on a uh, on a wild pitch. Addison Russell's on third wild pitch. He comes in, scores a tying run. So that's that's nuts. But this is also the game that uh wood comes in travis wood travis comes in, in, in the uh i believe in the sixth inning i got it up here in a, in a second but uh so yeah he comes in the top of the six he faces four batters he returns in the seventh but not to pitch he's in left field and pedro strope is pitching and Chris Coglin's now out of the game. So you got <laughs> Travis Wood in left field. You got Pedro Stroh pitching. And Woody actually makes a catch. Makes that catch. Is that, is that in the, the one where he, That's the one way it looks like Han Solo froze in the Ivy. You, or like, you know, when Han Solo gets frozen in the second Star Wars. And it, it, it literally yep. looks the exact same. And, he's, oh, he's, man. and you see him running back and he's like, oh, my God, I don't know what's about to happen. You know, this. but he makes the catch. And then he so. He plays that, and then in the eighth, he returns <laughs> to finish out the inning as a pitcher. Yeah, well, that like was why he was in left because that that was the point. Like, get the lefty in there. That was brilliant move, and that's that's well, something but they that let I really miss when there's a DH. Yeah, but they let Strope actually pitch to three guys. But then once they got in, uh, you know, a lefty to come in, then you know, or w- whatever their matchup that they wanted. Question. So he faced the fourth guy in the inning. Question, and I don't know if anybody knows the answer to this. So you got the three batter minimum rule. Does the guy have to be pitching the whole time, or does he just have to be in for three batters? Like, could you do that again and throw Travis Wood out in left field and just have him in for three batters, just not pitching? I think as long as they're in the game, I don't think you have to pitch for three. Yeah. Well, I I, but I, I but I, but I think in this situation, it would have counted because Pedro Stroke did see three batters. Yeah, but it so was just then they would have been able to bring him in and there wouldn't have been an argument at all. But that it was that was insane, right? That was just crazy. And then of course but, that ninth inning But Wood might not have been able to come back because he probably only faced one guy and then went to left field and then came back and you know No, he faced four. 
So oh, okay. he, he had already faced four. See, there's Madden screwing with the bullpen again. Jesus oh, and, Christ. And no actually, <laughs> no, and actually, so Wood plays left field uh, the entire seventh. So Pedro Strope pitched four in the, to four in the seventh, three more in the eighth. So he actually faced seven batters before Wood came back in to pitch to get him out of the eighth inning. So the funny thing Wood was out there. For basically two innings. Wood came in in the sixth and the eighth. Is that what you're trying to tell me? And yeah. Oh, wow. I didn't, I didn't he really realize He came in that. in the sixth and then and, and faced four guys and then faced one guy in the eighth. The entire seventh inning, he was in left field. What a so, game. you know, the funny thing is, is you guys awesome. know I love to collect stuff. And uh, I have 24 out of 25 World Series roster guys sign a World Series baseball. Some people think that's extreme. There are guys that literally go out and get every Cubs player that played one inning, even a third of an inning, from that season. So they are literally like scrambling around trying to find a Brian Mateus autograph 2016 World <laughs> Series baseball. Shouldn't be that hard. You just go down to the Burger King and you know, <laughs> get, get, get a value meal. You, Biggest, you, send him, you send him an email and he will fly to yeah, you. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, but, but again, these guys really want this. And I'm like, why in the fuck would I want a Brian? I mean, I know he played, but it wasn't like it was anything that spectacular. No, it obviously wasn't. <laughs> he gave up home, home runs all day and almost uh, lost the game. But to but, me, uh, you know, um, <clears throat> It all came to a culmination. I was at, there's two games that stick out in my head more than anything. It was game one of the NLDS in 2016, uh, Johnny Cueto versus John Lester. And they were like prize fighters, just a pitcher's duel, wind blowing in. And all it was was uh, Cueto made one mistake on one of those quick pitches he likes to do where he just throws it quick and Javi was ready and he hit it. A fucking shit ton. Should have been going down Kenmore, and the wind blew it into the basket barely. And it was that was the like the loudest that place had been, maybe ever up to that point. Like that was ridiculous. uh, Well, the Cardinals series was real loud. Cardinals series was loud, super loud. And uh, you know, two thousand three, Kerry Wood game seven home run is considered by many the loudest it's ever been. Well, and it's, and it's, it's probably the juxtaposition between almost no sound because it was this pitcher's duel yeah, and it was so, was so tense. Yeah. And, and then, so, so it's probably that like just the explosion because yeah, you're right. There were, there were some other amazing like loud you're, games like that. But. You're right, Crawley though. That performance that I was at that game, that was the game. Three. Game one. Game one. Yeah. Game, game one. one of the NLDS. Yeah. Game one. And, uh, man, oh, man, I mean, that was just such a, like, a nail-biter. Like Somebody was going to make a mistake. Somebody was going to pay for it. it, But it took somebody like John Lester to get through that. Like, that's the guy we needed. Like, you know, I I know that, like, Hendricks wasn't Hendricks yet then, even though he was Mr. ERA championship. But, like, there was nobody else. Like, even with the year that Arietta had that year, you still trusted Lester with the experience with the ball. Like he had the experience yeah. that Arietta didn't have. And that's really what that staff need. And he was tough as nails too. Like Lester did not give a shit about anything. He was, he would 
you know, he had that intensity. He could intimidate you on the mound and that, like that in that kind of like Bob Gibson way in that, you know, sort of stare you down sort of thing, but not in like a fake way in which like, Oh, I'm, I'm fake tough. No, he just was tough. He naturally was a tough guy and a big guy. And he'd just look at you and go, uh-huh. The and other game that, the other game that really stuck out to me was uh game five of the world series. Um, you know, game game three was such a letdown. It was Hendricks versus Josh Tomlin in game three. Josh Tomlin pitches the game of his life. So I had it all kind of set up. Corey Kluber was amazing that year. He's game one against Leicester. I kind of had the advantage Indians. I knew Arietta was going to beat uh, Drone Boy. Not worried about that. And then I was Drone sure. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, especially after he ripped his hand up on that drone, for sure. And then uh, game three, I thought for sure Hendo would beat Tomlinson, which, you know, Tomlinson wasn't that good. Of a, Josh Tomlin wasn't even supposed to be there. He was basically there because their two other better pitchers were injured. That was Salazar and Carrasco. Carrasco, yeah. And then uh, and so I figured that was easy Cubs. And then you figured they were going to lose the Kluber versus – because they were going three-man rotation, Kluber versus Lackey. Lackey was garbage straight up in 2016 postseason. And so that was figured. And then you figured then it was a – you know, so it would be 2-2, and then you had another couple starts with Arietta, Lester, and Hendricks. So I thought the Cubs were going to be in good shape. And Josh Tomlin's dad had some sort of stroke or something, and they brought him – from Cleveland or wherever he was from to see his son pitch and had the absolute game of his life. That's almost cheating. It was like, (laughs) it is. You're like, oh, it's just emotional steroids. Emotional steroids. Yeah. It's like, I'm sitting there leaving game three. Family death to the freaking arm. In game three, I think Javi Baez struck out with runners at second and third. And and that was it. And the Cubs were now down. Three games, uh, was it two games to one? And you knew it was going to be three games to one and with four, after Kluber versus Don't even Lackey. talk about game four. That's game four. That's oh, what that I'm talking about. Four, so yeah. it's, it's so yeah. now you're sitting there and the prices of those secondary market tickets dropped and then the Cubs tickets and all that shit. I'm going to game five with my dad. So my dad, 71 years old, never been to a World Series game in his life, going to his first World Series game at Wrigley. All I gave a shit is that they won. I didn't know what was going to happen in game six and seven. I just wanted my dad to see the Cubs win a World Series game at Wrigley Field and him being there. And that was another performance for the well, ages. And, and uh, if I and if I remember right, they talked to him, you know, the day before or whatever, and he was confident as hell. He was just like, uh, you know, I, yeah, this is we're going to win. That's like, what he had. I mean, yeah. that that's what he had, that confidence. I mean, that's the swagger that he brought. I feel like, you know, I, we're going to talk in a second about whether he's a Hall of Famer or not. But like and, you know, we can talk about the numbers and all that stuff. But there's something that people that watch certain players play and what they bring to the overall team. That is an intangible and you have to count that in when you're dealing with, uh, you know, what a guy brings because it is a team sport and, you know, being you be the best player on a terrible team and you still you might be a Hall of Famer, but you still you still didn't do much, but you can be a great player. Uh, and bring your team up to the mountaintop. And I feel like then you start getting in that conversation for Hall of Fame. Um, I want to uh, address a comment in the or a question that's in the chat. It's from Little Yumper. What you drinking, Danny? Uh, Danny's drinking uh, Jameson. Jamo on the rocks. But I, like I said, that game five, Winter. all of a sudden, the way that the Cubs were able to kind of nail it down, and now you had Arietta, uh, you were like, okay, 
you know, let's see what happens now. Like that game, going into game five, there was kind of a little bit of a deflated feeling. If people say, oh, no, everybody, eh. When you're walking in there, and, and like I said, I went to 2015, all the playoff games. I went in 08, 07, 03. There was definitely some trepidation going in. I mean, you're down 3-1. You know what the odds are. I don't give a shit what you say. The odds are very much against you in that situation, no matter how good of a team you are, no matter how many times you came back with your back up against the wall. You have no margin for error down 3-1. None. Zero. One bad start, one fluky thing, one Raji Davis home run. One, you know, one, 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 one John uh, Lester wild pitch after I was, the, so right. Danny, I was just going to bring that up because crawl, you're talking about this, the, the game five and, or yeah, yeah. Five was, and, and it was great, but then here he is on, on three days and he's coming out of the bullpen. And, uh, I don't know if you guys have maybe, uh, something that sticks out, but this was maybe the worst memory I have of him is when he bounces that pitch in, uh, Gives David Ross a minor concussion, bounces the fucking thing off of his head. Ross is stupid. People are scoring on a uh, dude scored from second base on a yeah. fucking that never, that never happens. I mean, that oh only happens God. when like Javi Baez is. I mean, that doesn't happen in the major leagues. That's some little league crap where they're just running all around. It was maybe the worst moment of his entire time with the Cubs was that one bounce pitch in that game, you know, and we were in, I don't know about you guys. I, I was very confident in that game more so than the Rajay Davis later, that sort of freaked me out more, even more so than the, the tie that just fucked, fucked with my head there for a minute. Well, I got one would, more thing to crawl. You got something? I, I, yeah, the one thing for me that I remember very clearly about Game 7 was, you know, you, I know everyone was mad about getting taken out Hendricks and whatnot, but it, it, it kind of exercised some demons from 2003 because everyone knows I've had season tickets on the left field side forever, uh, over 20 years, and um, it brought me back to Game 7 of 2003 of the NLCS, and it was Kerry Wood versus Mark Redman on the mound starting that game, Cubs versus the Marlins. And, you know, it was really clear that Kerry Wood pitched magically that that whole um, postseason, but he didn't have it in Game 7. And Mark Redman wasn't that great of a pitcher anyway. Neither of them had it. But Dusty went with his shitty bullpen, and Jack McKeenan went with his start out of the pen. And I'm like, so I remember in 2003, I'm like, where's Zambrano? Where's Clement? Get those guys fucking up. I don't want to see, like, Dave Veers or Antonio Alfonseca. Fuck that shit. This game seven, win well, or go home. Old I, six, I the, want to see the six-fingered man. <laughs> you got to go and six so, fingers in game seven. <laughs> and so I am sitting here, and and for me, when before they even anyone came in, before they pulled it, I just remember seeing Lester and Arietta, and you knew Lackey wasn't getting in, but seeing those guys walk to the pen from the dugout together to the pen gave me a little bit of tingles, like. Whether we win or lose, we ain't, at least we're not fucking it up that way. <laughs> yeah, right. That's that is a good point. I mean, it was it was the wrong move to bring in Lester when they brought him in. Is, yeah, is the know, next the inning? Yeah. The next if, inning, fine. Yeah. If the, they the bring inning. him in the next inning to start the inning, I think, I honestly, I feel like maybe that game actually rolls. I yeah, think. I think so. You don't even think about it. Like, yeah, you just let let Hendricks get that, get some soft contact, and you know we're. 
Anyway, I got one more uh, clip to play of Lester. I got the songs at the end, but uh, I I thought it would be fun to play this hilarious interview. I believe this has got to be. I'm not, I don't 2017. know. Twenty seventeen. Oh it, uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, twenty seventeen. This yeah. is John Lester drunk uh, after winning <laughs> winning the NLDS. Is that what it was? What NLDS. It was? Yes. Twenty seventeen right. NLDS. So check this out. Plane flight tonight. What? What's it about? What five, six it? hours? Who knows? That's probably not going to be any fun. Who cares? You know, it's always going to be, you know, peaches and roses or however the saying goes. Uh, I love watching guys. That's really cold. Who's doing that? I hate you. <laughs> uh, don't get that on the air. Yeah, I mean, hell, I'll put it on the air. I don't care. <laughs> and um, I did that. I did it on the camera. You see that? Appreciate that. Uh, I love our young guys. Our guys are so cocky that they don't give a you know what I mean? Like, I'm sorry. I apologize. John, you've been in winning clubhouses before. What makes this winning clubhouse a special one? Winning? <laughs> that, that, that's NLDS 2017, and then they're going to take a flight. From there, they're going across country to L.A., so that's what he was LA, talking yeah. about. But, that was uh, so was, funny. Uh, oh, it's all peaches and roses, or yeah. whatever the same is. obvious shirt? No, <laughs> we got to make that shirt. It's all peaches that, and roses. If, if it's if, all peaches and roses, and then he says, or whatever the saying is, nobody knows whatever that saying is. Nobody has any idea what that saying might be. Wine and roses, <laughs> peaches and cream. I mean, you can go anywhere. Peaches and cream, probably. Yeah. But uh, I remember very clearly too. Is is Lackey was? They were both blasted, like beyond belief. Way more than in 2016. And Lackey was drinking Crown Royal. I want to say straight oh like this. Like that, just chugging yeah. the shit. No wonder it was he got rocked. In, no wonder he got rocked in the CS. Like we gotta, we gotta look back into the downfall of the Cubs, and we might point to their well, drunkenness. They're, they're, and those two guys were part of the beer and chicken Red Sox too. Yeah, right. But what happens is they're gonna go cross country to Cal LA, and they did something they normally don't do: is they brought everybody. They just got on a fucking plane because they were in Washington. They grab everybody, family, friends, everybody gets on the fucking plane and they're heading to L.A. And something happens with Quintana's wife. Yeah, she has she some sort of sick. episode on the plane or something. Oh, and they had yeah, to they land, had land the plane in like Kansas somewhere. City or some shit. Yeah, they had to, not, I think it's further west, but they, like, they had to like land somewhere like in Nevada or something. And like they had to like sit in the tarmac forever and they didn't get in. So like, yeah, they were thinking they could party, go on the flight, get a little sleep and something. And then it got all messed up. That yeah. wasn't too drunk for a haircut. That was the one out closer to a beer. That's that was that interview. So right, but uh, I just I love that. That's I'm, that is hilarious. I'm gonna I'm gonna to play a, a, I'm gonna play a quick uh, Sunranto uh, shopping commercial because uh, that's how we keep uh, the lights on here at the podcast is by Un- using unless unless you're a Patreon member and then you don't have to deal with this shit. Well, not in podcast form, but right now you do. <laughs> so, well, right now, like, yeah. yeah. So uh, here's a quick commercial. We're going to come back, and uh, we're going to talk about John Lester's case for the Hall of Fame, and then we're going to take some uh, uh, questions from you, the listeners. we got a bunch of them, and uh, we also have a story time with Carly coming up, so stay tuned. If you're like most Americans, you buy shit. Lots of shit. Sometimes you buy shit for other people. Sometimes you buy shit for yourself. And sometimes you buy shit you have to buy just to stay alive. So why not buy shit through the Sunranto affiliate links at sunranto.com slash shopping. We've got tons of shit you can buy. 
Go to sunrancho.com, click on the shopping link, then click our ads and buy shit. We've got Amazon. They've got tons of shit. But you can also buy MLB shit, NBA shit, NFL shit, Fans Ed shit, Southwest Airlines shit, Fanatic shit, Reebok shit, Wine of the Month shit, Beer of the Month shit, Bear Mattress shit, StubHub shit, Lid shit, Sports Memorabilia shit, Volcanica Coffee shit, Vibrator shit, Condom shit, Bag shit, NHL shit, and Audible Membership shit. There's a whole lot of shit that can help the Sun Ranto Show stay on the air so we can keep talking shit. So buy shit today through sunranto.com slash shopping. Thanks. Cubs Jesus thinks you're the shit. All right. uh, Real real quick before we get into this Hall of Fame talk. Well, maybe this is a perfect segue into it. We didn't even mention that the guy picked up a $47,000 beer tab when he left the Cubs, which was... uh, I, I've never heard of it before. Maybe other people have done it, but that was pretty fucking yeah, amazing. Yeah, bought everybody in town a Budweiser. Just in easy. Was it uh, at specific it, bars? I forget what it was. It was a it was a Miller, and it was specific bars because it was COVID. Right, 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 right. So there was only specific bars that were actually open for whatever reason but yeah it was yeah and it was and i believe it was a miller i think you had to have a miller something or another so i also want to mention too we're doing our giveaway tonight chance for a chance we have eight entries so far so if you type into the chat hashtag chance chance is spelled c-h-a-n-c-e for those of you that don't know how to spell chance and uh, and you <laughs> for can, those of you who are recovering cardinal chance yeah and you can win a postcard sent to you by me of frank chance so, um, so yeah, Hall of Fame. My my one regret about Lester is like this is a long, good sixteen year career, and he really should have finished it with Chicago. It's so sad. He was an All Star five times. He won World Series with Boston and with Chicago, of course. To you know, totally changed our culture here, and then kind of fizzled out. He was there in the COVID year, 2020. We never got to say goodbye. He ends up going to D.C., gets traded to St. Louis, of all places. And, uh, I mean, that, that's a, just kind of a disappointing thing. Now he's got a stupid Cardinals hat on his baseball reference page. Well, and I he's mean. going to stick there until, <laughs> until forever now. But but I, I think that's actually the story that nobody is picking up on. Uh, I mean, John Lester spent two months in St. Louis and fucking decided never to play baseball again. I mean, that's a story right there. It, it ran John uh, that's Lester. That's my TFC. Out of that's my TFC. That's my TFC. Oh, is it? <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, but uh, let's <laughs> let's talk about. Uh, well, you had something to put up first, Michael, right? Yeah, I had. So, getting into this, um, I went out. You know, and of course, it's John Lester. I knew there was going to be some asshole out there, right? And there was. Uh, so it always is. Uh, yeah, sometimes, under, sometimes it's me. <laughs> so this dude, this this fucking cube, pops in there and says, "BTW, John Lester is not a Hall of Famer." If that needed to be cleared up, now if if you want to say yeah, but that, look at look at his. That, he says, "Abreu." That's is, and that's where I'm at, Danny. That's why this is a TFC. You can say that. You can make an argument for that, but his name is Ben picture of something hashtag abreu to hof yeah bobby he his 
he he's dying on this hill of Bobby Abreu to the Hall of Fame, well, and he wants to make a fucking comment about John Lester not going. He's, he's dying on. on another hill too. If you look at it, um, it, it his actual Twitter name is at Korea to NYY. Oh God, I didn't even look at that part of it. <laughs> so this guy's just uh, he's a Yankees really, fan. Clearly, he's a Yankees fan. Which uh, well, then why is he that? into Abreu? Because he hates fame, Boston. Uh, I, I think it might be he a just hates Boston. Yeah, he hates Boston. He hates South oh, okay. from way back. He's never never gonna let it go so uh let's talk about lester's uh well first of all crawley is lester hall of famer so um in my opinion that answer would definitely be a yes i don't know if anyone's really surprised by my answer but uh you know it's hard because sometimes the game changes so certain stats were always kind of looked at as like does he have 300 wins Mm -hmm. okay that's really not going to be approached by really almost any other player anymore. I'm, I'm trying to remember actively who's even close. Verlander is number one right now, and he right. didn't pitch this year, but he's got 229. and So, you know, never getting to 300. And so uh, after that, that is Granky with 216. And then it's right, awesome. so nobody's close. It's it. probably not going to ha- – it's not going to be something that we really see um, very often anymore. So you got to take this. So, so sometimes they have these benchmarks, numbers that you'd be like, okay, you get 3000 hits hall of fame. Oh, you got 300 wins hall of fame, almost instantaneous. But what John Lester brings to the table, as far as hall of fame candidacy, this is from Marco Scola, 33 pitchers in history have won 200 plus games, struck out 2,400 batters and had a career ERA less than 370. 24 of those guys are in the Hall of Fame. Only three have won three World Series like John Lester has. Kurt Schilling, not in the Don Hall of Drysdale. Fame. In the Hall of Fame. Don Drysdale is not in the Hall of Fame. Oh, he's not? No. And there uh. would be a lot of people that would argue why, question why that is. Yeah, and John I Lester. Would. Well, his Dale is too dry. And so <laughs> if you're looking at that, if he was, was Wetsdale, he'd be in for sure. So, yeah, John, John again, gets in. Only 33 pitchers have 200 games, struck a 2,400, ERA less than 370. 24 of them are in the Hall of Fame, and only three of that group – I'm sorry, three of that group have three World Series, right? And only these yeah. of that group have won three World Series. Schilling – maybe yeah. Drysdale is in. I'll well, check. And but, uh, Roberto Ramos in the chat you know, points out he has the most appearances in postseason play, and that's where I'm at. I agree with you, Crawley. I think – he was a Hall of Famer. Into the, sorry for to interrupt. Just a, it, inducted in 1984. Drysdale oh, is Okay, in. That's, what I, I, that's what I thought. And so, uh, sorry and, about and that. And Schilling's not in, but it has nothing to do with his playing. <laughs> right. <laughs> if we were just basing it off play, he'd be in. Yeah. Now, uh, Drysdale pitched, I'm just looking at his numbers, in the Hall of Fame, 14 years uh, playing in the in the majors. John, 16. Uh, Don Drysdale had a 2.95 ERA. Lester's is higher than that. Um, he would all star a bunch, uh, a lot more than John Lester. It got even got MVP votes. I, but these are different eras we're talking about, which I think is an important well, it, distinction. It, it's different eras, but I think that the reason. So John Lester, like everybody's going to, you know, you're going to throw up the stats and the numbers and all that stuff. And if you look at those, you're not going to be able to make a really strong case for John Lester because those are regular season numbers. The reason John Lester is a Hall of Fame worthy pitcher has nothing to do with the regular season. It's the most appearances in the postseason 
three World Series rings. And on two of those, he was the man. Like he wasn't, he yeah. wasn't, uh, yeah, he wasn't John Lackey, you know, getting that ring at the end or, uh, you know, Matt Caesar, not even there, you know, but like there are people who have rings that didn't do a ton. And then there's John Lester, who, as Danny was saying earlier, lifted this team, lifted the team and made them this like force to really be be reckoned with. And I mean, he was a guy, he was a stopper well, in that line. We're going to leave guys out with the stats like Sammy Sosa has who have the stats to get into the Hall of Fame. Then they got to put guys that maybe are on like the kind of the cusp of the Hall of Fame, like the Hall of Very Good stat wise like John Lester. And I want to put up like a graphic real quick here. So um, here's John Lester's overall stats. And the number that impresses me most is on average in on average in the 16 years that he pitched in the major leagues, he pitched 206 innings a year. That is a, that's a in this day and age. That is a workhorse. That is somebody that you can rely on to come through at all times and, and be there for your team when you need him. That's very, that's something we're not going to see maybe ever again is, I mean, that 200 in a season, it'll number be rare. It'll be rare. Your so Max rare. Scherzer's and your, you know, guys that'll do that. Uh, 117 ERA plus. He finished with an overall um, earned run average. Um, looking for here at 366. Uh, pretty respectable, you know, as far as that goes. Uh, well, and you have to right you have to take you into be. consideration the last few years when he's at his oldest. You know, like strikeouts per nine that hurts on you. average, 8.2. That is that is incredible. You're striking out so, a guy in inning. Sit, sitting yeah. his ass down to the bench, can't do it. Like that is an, an the most unproductive out you could have, and and John Lester is making the other team have him. And again, th- this is kind of one of those things where you you look at how the game of baseball changes. And I remember listening to Lee Smith and Lee Smith talking about shit. These relievers now only get one inning they have to do. I used to have to work three, four innings. You know what I mean? Like just completely different in how you look at the numbers. And one thing, and we saw it this off season, this World Series is how many pitchers now in the future do you think are going to be allowed to go three times through the order? When we talked about that matchup of John Lester versus uh, Cueto, you know, that epic battle, how often is that going to happen now? Or are managers just going to pull guys like this? Oh, that's, that's three times. I didn't pull them out. Get well, uh, we, we, we saw it two years ago in the World Series. World Series Tampa yeah. Bay fucking ruined their chance by playing that sort of game yeah. right well, and so it, the, the question that you're going to ask you yourself is is the stats play that more often than not if you go through the third time the order you're in trouble so i'm just wondering how many of these guys are going to have postseason stats like john lester did in the future yeah probably not yeah. probably not a lot except and especially because the word on the street out is there's it out, out there is that that's what you do. So they're going to make these guys, it's going to trickle down all the way to freaking college and high school. And, they're, and then it'd be like, Oh no, he just faces one guy. Like, you know, I mean, even like my, my nephew's little league team, like I, it's the right thing to do. Don't let make the kid pitch more than one inning. But when I was in little league, the, you had your, you had two guys that could pitch, and that's it. You had twelve guys in the team. Two guys like to pitch, and they, they're who did it. They pitched the whole game. 
didn't matter if you were lost 15 to two, you know, or more. <laughs> uh, but how about this? Uh, more uh, Lester Hall of Fame kind of stats here. Here's the similarity scores that baseball reference has on him. Um, Dwight Gooden is similar, uh, the most similar. Uh, David Cohn, Tim Hudson, Verlander's right there, Halliday's right there, Jimmy Key. Uh, famous Blue Jay. So, from the so 80s. just looking at these, just, let's just kind of let, let's kind of stop. Let's stop at the top five, okay? Let's look at the top five. Uh, Dwight Gooden. One. A lot. I mean, he, at one point in time, he was the most dominant pitcher for a couple of years before the cocaine got him a little bit uh, goofy. You know what I mean? Um, you're talking about Tim Hudson, who a lot of people are arguing should be in the Hall of Fame. Verlander. Does anyone think he won't be in the Hall of Fame? And then Roy Halladay, uh, who is in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Yeah, and, yeah, I, and so, I think Verlander probably has those numbers. Plus, he's going – I mean, like I, I said before, Cohen, he's at 226, and unless Grinky continues to pitch – Yeah, I know. I fucked <laughs> that whole name up, weird. didn't I? Right, Carr. You, like, pronounced every vowel. <laughs> I really did it. it just man, it that reminds you of EU Henio Suarez or 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 what do you got? Malor? Malor, no, you're taking, yeah. you're taking you're taking things away. But yeah, point. so uh, no, so unless Grinky like continues to pitch and 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 has success here in the next couple of years, he's going to be the last guy with two twenty nine or 226, whatever he's at right now, um, because just nobody goes over 200. I mean, John Lester is, I mean, outside of those two guys, who's, I think there's somebody at 190, but I don't know that they're going to get there. Uh, I'm looking at David Cohn's number here, numbers here. Uh, played an extra year than Lester did. 227 innings average, a lower ERA, the same amount of strikeouts per nine. I mean, you're looking at some of these guys and you're like, why isn't David Cohn in the Hall of Fame? Actually, that is a big complaint about baseball. And this, this complaint came up when Harold Baines made it into the Hall of Fame. Okay. You'll never and stop people, complaining about it. <laughs> it's not that. that I'm complaining about him making the Hall of Fame because there is a legitimate argument for it. It's basically what bothered me was the strong arm tactics of Reinsdorf and Larusa. Like right. it was kind of like this backdoor entrance that if he hadn't played with Larusa and uh, Reinsdorf, then he wouldn't have been. That's what bothered me more than anything. But the argument goes for a more inclusive Hall of Fame. Guys like Mark Grace. Guys that really meant a lot to a lot of um, baseball fans. Harold Baines growing up in the 80s. I wasn't a Sox fan, but I sure as hell knew who he was. And I knew the importance of the city and to the team. And that's where sometimes baseball can kind of be a little bit snobby with their Hall of Fame voting. That's probably why there should yeah. be more team Hall of Fames. You know, and I know the Cubs kind of have one. You got those stupid plaques, but they don't. But Yankees definitely have one. Some teams definitely employ Hall of Fames. But um, the uh, the other thing I think is going to hurt John Lester is that Kershaw is going to retire in the next couple of years. Right. So unless they're all going to compare him to uh, Kershaw. Yeah. Right. Unless Lester gets in prior to Kershaw's eligibility. They're going to be uh, looking at Kershaw, and Kershaw probably will break the 200 mark. And he's just 
Kershaw's a no doubter. He's an absolute no doubter, and it's hard to. I guess. I mean, you know, it took. He's been there. Well, he he has his World Series the entire time. He's got the one World Series in some bullshit 2020 year that doesn't even count, and uh, all the other time he freaking shit the bed every time he took the mound in a big game. Like to me, Hester is in. Yeah, he did. He literally shit his pants every time he took the ball in a big game and he pissed all over the mound and he pissed his pants. He went crying home to his mom every single time, every time. And, he, and that is that is really the big problem with the numbers, right? Because the numbers are uh, regular season numbers. The postseason is just not put into those numbers. And so you look at Kershaw versus Lester, and you're looking at these numbers and you're going, yeah, Kershaw's way better. But yeah, we watched Kershaw fold up uh, a couple of times. And we saw, I mean, he was in what, four out of five fucking World Series. And he just, like, he, he made it through. He got his ring now. You can never take that away. And that's good. Yes, you, you can. Know. You can steal it. Carly, what are we going to say? <laughs> Well, but, he yeah. wasn't the most dominant pitcher on the team that year that they won the World Series. Um, True. Yeah. And, and I think that I'm really kind of – I'm interested in Hall of Fame voting. I want to see it changed and reformed and whatnot. But, you know, a lot of what I keep hearing about Big Poppy, you know what I mean? Because right now if you're looking at the projections, looks like he's going to be the only guy that gets in this year. But they talked about the clutchness of his postseason performance and – I don't feel like they talk enough about that when it comes to pitchers. Uh, it took Jack Morris a while to get in. Jack Morris is one of those guys that, again. That's the uh, guy I was thinking about. And is he in the Hall of I thought he was. And then I just looked at his I, Wikipedia page, and it didn't say shit about his Hall of Fame. I'm so pretty sure he did confused. through the Veterans Committee. Oh, okay. And so not through the balloting, like the, the it, baseball writers. Yeah, he's in. Two, and honestly. And uh, yeah, 2018. So veterans committee. And honestly, that's going to be the way that, uh, that Lester does get in. I think it's going to be, it's going to be 15 years down the road. It's going to be a veterans committee thing because the numbers because no, because the sports writers are idiots, and they yeah, all the numbers don't look good cry. enough. And newspapers have been dead for how long? And we're still like, oh yeah, let's see what the guy who like writes for the local reg that fought, watches them every day. It's like, dude, you got lots of people watching them every day. You know what? What is this baseball writers association situation that is so like has this like stranglehold on the Hall of Fame? It is ridiculous, Crawley. I agree. Reef, but you, what, what you're going to kind of yeah, ask for it too. What you're going to also take a look at here, though, is that, yes, absolutely, Kurt Schilling has gone far off bananas, apeshit crazy the last couple of years with his political nonsense that he's been blowing up people's asses. But he's been on the ballot a while, okay? He's, I think this is his 10th year on the ballot. And so prior to, say, let's say 2015, so for four years, he could have been elected before completely going off the deep end. And it was the same kind of argument is that his regular season numbers weren't that dominant. But postseason-wise, you'd be really hard-pressed to find a better postseason pitcher than Kurt Schilling. Yeah, and bloody, I remember that. Sock. I remember that. The bloody sock. I'll the remember. The ketchup sock? Clear as day. Lyle uh, would be so pissed right now. 
2001, <laughs> watching basically Brenly going to a two-man staff, just finally saying, fuck it. We're just going Schilling and Johnson. I don't care. You guys are throwing it. And that performance was just unbelievable. So I would say that it's it's a fault that's going it, to – it's something that's going to affect Lester. It's affected Schilling in his early uh, candidacy, and it, I think it's stupid. And and here and here's the thing. It's like these guys get in with these, you know, late, uh, you know, the the veterans committee or whatever. That's fine. Uh, it what frustrates me is that like the players should vote in the first place. It should be the the, the players. Writers, the, the sports writers should be cut out at this point. They have failed so much that they're done. In my here's vote, the, they're here, done. here's the problem. players, coaches, front office. That's your your three voting blocks. Yeah. So you have your no doubt Hall of Famers, right? They get in the first, second, or third try. First, second, third yeah. ballot Hall of Famers, right? Your truly greatest of the greats are first ballot Hall of Famers. That's why we call it. Ryan Sandberg wasn't a first ballot Hall of Famer, okay? The the truly greats of the sports, the, the, the pinnacle are first ballot Hall of Famers, no question. Except for Barry Bond, Sammy Sosa, because they're like, oh, Different, tisk, right. tisk, tisk, right. tisk. But, but Freaking what we do there is you have that, right? Pete and Rose. then Pete Rose. Yeah. the last three or four years, the argument is, well, if you haven't got in by now, you probably don't belong. So you really, like, if you're not, like, one of the most amazing they players of your generation Daniel. at the beginning, and then – if you can't get in the beginning, it's hard to get in the last three or four years. You see all the sympathy votes, and then you get the anti-sympathy votes. It's a fucking mess. I, I It is a mess. And I like what uh, – we, we get a lot of comments right now. Let me uh, read a few of them. Little Yumper writes in, the baseball writers had no issue voting for these players for season awards when there was speculation about their cheating or whatever. Can't play gatekeepers now. And Cub uh, Doggy 1981 says, I don't know. Players would be voting everyone in. They'd be like, yeah, that guy was good. <laughs> yeah, I like that yeah, guy. Yeah, I think, like, that, I think yes, again, yes, it yes. doesn't have to be crazy like that. But, again, how does Mark Grace, we talked about it, phenomenal defense, most hit in the 90s, most doubles in the 90s, and he's not a Hall of Famer. I mean, I, I, I scratch my – and there's a lot of really very, very good players that, again, are they the greatest of the greatest that baseball's ever had to offer? No. Mark Grace was never the most dominant. He's a really good player for many, many years, and he right. meant a lot for the club organization. And there's other players that are in a similar vein on different teams. You know, and, and then shit like what happened to Ron Santo, right? Going yeah. in the year Discuss- after he the, the year after he dies. I mean, Buckle I'm not a hundred percent sure on this, but I'm pretty sure that he didn't have a great season that year. Yeah, and, <laughs> he did that, that year after he died. He didn't. He didn't put up any numbers that should have fucking swayed the vote. He, he put up this date to that date. Um, <laughs> but, uh, hey, let's take another quick break. Uh, let's cool it off here. I'm getting a little hot-headed. Uh, <laughs> uh, here's a commercial for Sun Ranto Swag. Stick with us. We are going to talk, I guess, a little bit more about this because it doesn't seem like we're done. But we have lots of listener questions to get through. I think we should yeah. do it. Yeah. Hold on. Right swag. before we Swag. Commercial. Swag commercial. Do you like having sex? Me too. That's why I always wear my Sunranto swag shirts every time I'm looking to get some. It's the only t-shirt guaranteed to get you laid. Knock boots in your shankless shirt. Bump uglies in a ranter long sleeve. Ride the skin-busted tuna town in a dabbing cubes fan shirt. 
Take old one-eye to the optometrist in your bull penis awesome attire or smash pissers in a spagog shirt. Sonranto swag shirts are just like people. There are many different sizes and colors to choose from. Plus, at Sonranto's swag store, you'll find vintage John Baker Day, designated hater and Matt Camerer drawn rally titty designs on everything from shirts and hoodies to baby onesies, bags, and hats. Go to sonranto.com slash swag and check out all the sexy styles guaranteed to get you laid. You'll be stuffing the soft taco in no time. Sunrancho.com slash swag. Guaranteed to get you laid. Wearing Sunrancho swag products not guaranteed to get you laid. Sunrancho swag is not responsible for your sex life. Sunrancho swag is for entertainment purposes only. One more brief interruption. At, please become a Patreon member. Patreon.com slash Sunranto. It's a dollar. You can give us more, of course, and there's perks at every level. You can get the calendar. You can join our Discord. Uh, you can. Uh, we're going to do an extra show coming up in the season, so that's going to be part of it. Uh, there's perks at every level. You know, here's the thing. We are a small mom-and-pop Cubs podcast. It costs money to keep the show on the air. It takes us a lot of time to make the show good. So... I would love it if you would become a part of that and support us at patreon.com slash sunranto so we can keep independent Cubs podcasting on the air and not have to, like, you know, bow to the marquee network by trying to work for them or something. You know what I mean? So support us, patreon.com slash sunranto, and I'll be forever grateful. It's the right thing to do. Support live pub Cub podcasting. Oh, man, I screwed it up. I don't care. I'm leaving it in. Back to the conversation. That uh, commercial uh, both horrifies me and entertains me. <laughs> Even though I made it, I'd still be like, ah, oh, smash pissers. That's a rough, that's a rough one. <laughs> that's rough. That's um, hilarious. Crawley's blushing. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm, I'm with it. And uh, yeah, so uh, if you didn't hear that commercial, Thank you. You're a Patreon Patreon. supporter, and we like you better than everyone else. You guys want to get into the listener questions? I I feel like we should. Hey, Okay, real quick, though. Let me hit the poll that I've been running for the last three hours. Well, don't hit a poll. You might uh, get a concussion. (laughs) Is John Lester a Hall of Famer? We have 44 votes on this, and granted, uh, (laughs) probably mostly Cubs fans. 100% of people. (laughs) 88.6%. Of people uh, think that he is a Hall of Famer. 11.4 say no. Uh, but I want to contrast that to um, Bobby Abreu, 66.7% say no. No, not a not a Hall of Famer. Yeah. Um, and, and I think what we've identified is that there's a large gap between the writers who put these guys in and the power that they carry and the fans and what they think and want and the players and what they think is fair and that they have no say in it. It's it's there's this weird triangulation of power with this thing that is seemingly important. At least it's important to us, the fans and, uh, and the players. I I just don't understand why we can't get it together and get a better system going. It's just like, it's like one of those things that just keeps going on the way it's been going on because it's been going on that way and nobody has the freaking cojones to change it, you know? So the, uh, the thing I came up with here on this show, Danny, is that I like John Lester a lot more than I even realized I did. 
I actually came on this show to say that I don't think John Lester is a Hall of Famer by the numbers. And, uh, Crawler, you kind of, like, changed my mind of, of it. I was going to say, how do you feel now? Well, first of all, I I can be swayed so easily. Like, I, just, <laughs> I signed up for Amway today. It was, it, like, I've got, <laughs> I got some soap I could tell you. But, uh, no, it, it's – there is something to be said for when you remember John Lester and you watched him pitch and how it stood out in that way, it, it feels like a Hall of Fame performance. When you compare him to other people of his caliber – they, for whatever reason, they've also been looked over for the amazing performances that they had in the major league. So it's just like, I don't know, but well, I'm, we're beating a dead horse here. Let's right. get to listener questions. Um, uh, let's start with a low ball. This one's from Dan Nielsen from Facebook. He said, do you consider Varsity Blues a good movie? And I was like, what's Varsity Blues is what I said in my I'll head. take that, Dan. I don't remember what the young lady's name was, but she was in a... Uh, <laughs> well, she's not in this picture, I'll tell you that much. She, she was, was the whipped cream whip girl, cream right? bikini. Whipped cream bikini, so I will give that two thumbs up. So just worth it just for that one moment. Yes. Did you just watch that one part? Well, not back okay? in the day, you couldn't. Yeah, I sure. I will... What is this, 1923 that this movie came out? The 90s, yeah. you had a videotape. I, I didn't I have not seen this movie since the 90s. Uh, I do remember enjoying it then. I also remember there's a strip club scene that was even yeah. better I think than the I, than I the saw that cream in the scene. trailer. The fat guy strips. Yeah. <laughs> yeah <laughs> he does. I, I saw that, yeah. Uh, uh I thought it I thought it was a good movie. It's just been so over uh it's been overshadowed by Was that Friday was that Night the- Lights? Was that the one, Michael, that had the controversy because in one scene, like, the players were all lining up together in, like, the highway and, like, other football players were trying it and, like, getting run over and shit? Oh, God, probably. Do you remember? Fuck. Somebody in the chat looked that up for me because I swear to God, there was a scene and I I think Disney, did Disney put Varsity Blues out? I think they cut it out of it. But The the thing I remember is the fat dude kept getting concussions this is back before concussions was like a thing and that kid was getting fucked up and that's the first time i honestly ever thought about the fact that concussions are bad and then i got my own real bad one a few years later i'm like guess what (laughs) (laughs) then one time i went flying through a windshield and (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so uh, here's a more serious baseball question. This one's about opening day. And I think we should do these lightning round, just kind of like quick answers. Okay. Uh, Lucy at, on Twitter, at Cubs 2016-1908. Uh, my question, are we going to have opening day, and is it going to be the regular, regularly scheduled day? We've, we've covered this. I think the answer we all think is no. no. Um, but, uh, you know, they are meeting tomorrow. We didn't mention that. They're – uh, they're going to have a meeting and there's going to be a framework of the financial situation from the owners, some kind of proposal. And I guess we'll, we'll, we'll maybe find out what that is. It seems like we'll get that leaked to us within the next few yeah, days. It's... Right. I mean, the owners will leak it just to get them, get us on their side. Be like, look at these greedy players. Arr! Yeah. It, it's going to be all about the greedy yeah. players. Which I is agree. Why I, I don't think they're going to do anything serious. I do. Well, I think they're going to put it to the last minute. And and we we do have differing opinions on the show about when the games will start, but I think we're all agreed that it's not the regularly scheduled yeah. opening day. Which right? is a shame because it's in Cincinnati, which is the quote-unquote 
first opening day of all time in ancient Rome or whatever the fuck the Cincinnati claims from Cincinnati. And, <laughs> and if you've listened to Baseball Rabbit Hole, I have an entire show about yeah, how that's day, yeah, not yeah. exactly true. Plug, plug, shame, yeah. Michael. But hey, I'm going to do a second season, by the I'm way. Gonna... Maybe. Awesome. I hope you do. Uh, uh, it's a great show. Just so you know, I was wrong. This was driving me nuts. It was the program was the movie where kids copied the lying down in the street. Ah, uh, ah, uh, okay. The but quarterback wants either. them to yeah. not be scared, so they all lay down in the middle of this highway, and the cars are going back there, and some kids in real life are like, oh, it's a great idea. Well, you <laughs> know what? Okay. <laughs> I did not watch the program, but I, I have gotten drunk and laid down in a highway. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> now that you're saying what that was, I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember that. It's I, true. I, I can vouch for him. I've seen it. Game off. (laughs) Game off. Everybody get up. Like the car is coming. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, I I don't think that the season starts on time. And it's a shame because that Cincinnati game would have been fun. I would have gone with uh, Billy, our friend Billy, who's come on, talked about the Red Series. Great comedian out in Cincinnati. And we were going to have a a time of our life. But instead, they can't. uh, Rob Manfred hates baseball. And here we are. Um, Here's another kind of serious question. Correa. So there's two of them here. Uh, so many are on this Correa to the Cubs train. What do you guys think the possibility is Jed is active in getting him? I just am having trouble seeing it. Not against it, though. That's from Maggie May on Twitter. And uh, Jim Canavan has the same question. After Car- Well, kind of a follow-up question. After Carlos Correa, what would be next on the wish list? For me, it would be an SP. Starting pitcher, I'm intrigued by Rodon. Does anyone else have an opinion Thank you. I will hang up and listen to your answer. So first was he like first... on the phone when he left that? Like he, he thought he was calling. Like, I don't know what happened. You, you first... know what, Danny? That can totally happen now. You can talk to text. It's it's I a know. thing. I do it all the time. After a couple too many margaritas at Uncle Julio's, that can happen sometimes with Jim. But uh, <laughs> what, 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 Jim and I are going to go to Uncle Julio's next season. I oh, you got to. It's going to be like the beer summit between Obama and that other guy. What, what, what we're going to do is, is take the first one. Correa, the answer is no, because the Cubs don't want to commit the years. The money is not as an issue. It's the years as an issue. I see them looking more towards Trevor Story. Um, I like Rodon. I don't like his health situation where it is always an issue. And again, it flared up at the worst possible time for the White Sox. And so Just this like is his hammer. first... This is his first real big it contract. It was the worst time for the White Sox. <laughs> it was the, you know, it's it's that kind of thing where he has a chance to get a big contract. And Boris is an agent, and Boris is going to look at the numbers from last year, which until Boris he got injured the hemorrhoid. Yeah. Was, the, was probably Cy Young numbers or close to it in the conversation. And then his arm just started having problems. So I, Boris is going to want years and money. Because he knows that this question, is really the shot. The question was, I wouldn't do it. What is your next? Uh, I think they go get Trevor Story. They obviously need another starting right. pitcher. Okay. Well, I'm I'm going to answer this in a little bit different way. The question as asked was, will they be in on it? A hundred percent. I think that they are going to go after Correa with everything that they have. I just don't think that the Ricketts are going to give them enough to make the deal happen. And then after that, uh, the with Rodon, it is the years. They're not going to give him the years. They would give him the money, but not the years. And 
Yeah, they got the money. I, yeah, I, well, and I don't, and I think there's there's arguments to be made that he won't make that much. You could, you know, give him twenty five a year or whatever for a starting pitcher, but you can only do. They're only going to want to do that for two years or or something like that. They're not going to give him a five year deal or anything like that, and that's going to keep them away from Rodon. Um, I just hope. I mean, I really do want Correa. I think that's where they should be going, and I hope that they. Uh, I don't know. I I hope that they just open the fucking pocket. Yeah, pocket here's the, here's the really thing. go for it. The best shortstop on the market right now. You just go get him. You're Chicago. Just go get him. Even if you have to eat the last few years in a in a Haywardy way, even though Hayward's entire contract was that way. And with Rosan, you just pay him a lot of money for a, for like one two years. Like give him a, a stupid uh, drone boy. To use Crawley's earlier uh, uh, reference to Trevor Bauer, give it uh, that kind of deal. Oh, here's here's twenty five million. Just pitch for us one season. We'll see how you're healthy. Again, when, when, you, when you talk option about those... situation, I don't know. You got to prove it if you're Rodon at this point. I agree. My, my question, my question. I just think with is, Rodon, they won't. He won't agree to that. When you but. look at those big long term deals, how many of them have ever really panned out great for anybody? I'm just trying to think of somebody that John Lester. I don't. I don't think. I didn't think of that as a long time. You knew the back end was going to be a little bit bumpy, but I don't think that was that was seven years. Yeah, I mean, when it comes to a 12. pitcher, twelve. When it comes to a pitcher, that's a yeah, long, a long time. Yeah, but uh, a shortstop, you know, you figure you can move him. Around. I mean, twelve years is a long time. The guy's twenty-seven. He's trying to lock himself up. He's trying to make himself the dude in the town. And, like, when you're somewhere for 12 years, like, there's a lot more that goes into that decision than just, like, whether you're going to be on a winning franchise. Like, or you know, you want to be selling Buena Beefs and, you know, doing, uh, you know, uh, the big Chicago media stuff. Like, I don't know. Maybe the bright lights in New York are for him. He's been in Houston. Maybe he wants to step it up. I don't know. Jack says Harper deal looks like it's going well. Yeah, <laughs> nobody, in, no, nobody in Philadelphia thought that until this year. Yep, because so they didn't win. win. Because you know, because they had still what, he was he Harper. wasn't Harper wasn't having good years for a couple of years that he was there. That looked like a complete bust of a yeah, deal, he was a, and then he broke out this year, had a good year. I'm telling you, man, as right. I remember, I remember watching Soriano, and I know Correa is obviously a better fielder than Soriano, but when you when you sit there and you you commit to that. And I remember Soriano just starting out with the Cubs. He's in left field. He's doing the – or he was in center at the time. And he pulls a hamstring. And you're going, oh, Jesus Christ, this was like in April of like his first season. Yeah. It's like when you commit so much of your salary – and I know we like to say, well, it's not our money or the Ricketts should spend this or blah, blah, blah. No, but it – yeah. It, 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 if you don't – don't pretend it doesn't have an impact. And if you sit there, I think that the 10 years also has to – you have to be the right – mentality of a player the expectations of what you have to do are beyond that if you're gonna go 10 years and quarter of a billion dollars well then dude you better fucking hit a home run run out of catch the home run and then hand it to my tie that's yeah. what we're gonna be expecting it's almost <laughs> unrealistic expectations. I, yeah it, it, and Carly, i love the uh you putting um uh harper with the soriano because um regardless of what harper does if they don't win, right? That was Soriano's. The biggest knock on Soriano was that the entire team didn't win. Because when the team doesn't win, you immediately look at the guy making the biggest paycheck and you go, what are you doing? 
That's why Hayward gets so much shit. Hayward is an absolutely fine, wonderful player. If he's a mid-range, <laughs> if he's a mid-range player, right? If he's not, uh, I don't know. The bad if he doesn't make as much yeah. as he does, you know what I mean. But also, they can get rid of him, right? That that's part of the whole thing. Is like you can get they rid can't. of a person like that. You can't do it with a Soriano. You can't do it with a Hayward because of that, and that and that builds in a little bit of resentment. Well, let's get to another question. Uh, hold on, the, the, hold on. These, I got, are, these are supposed to be rapid fire. Okay, right, hold, hold on. on. This one's this one's going to be a little bit quicker. It's out of the chat. Let's do All a little right. chat oh, one here. Chat one. Tim wow. DeHate, which by the way, Tim, tell me if that's really your name because good God, DeHate. Yeah, he, <laughs> he was born to be a ranter. I know. Uh, hey, Danny, better soundtrack: Dazed and Confused or look. Forrest Gump? I'll take that okay. one. Sorry, Danny. I'm going to go yeah, no, with go Dazed and Confused is by far the better soundtrack. Forrest Gump is nothing more than a shitty, schlocky movie. And then they took two CDs of all the boomers' favorite hits and then just packed it into a CD and like, look at all these great songs. Well, no shit. You buy, they're really lame if you actually look at I don't right. know. I'm, I'm Dazed and Confused. With, I'm starting with Forrest Gump. Uh, we got Hound Dog. Um, I don't know why, but I Clarence Henry, I don't know that Rebel Rouser, Walk Right In. I don't even know. We're these. going by decades. We're going in the fifties. Yeah, yeah. yeah There's more. Fi- oh, I see. Okay. So There's now so I'm like, many. California yeah. Dreaming, Mrs. Robinson, Break on Through. Yeah, I mean, these are just like you know, d- this is like WLS. You don't know, they have the eight Aquarius? Right. Yeah. Pro- Sweet Home Alabama. Yeah. There's 32 songs. Okay. So he, okay. Here's the thing. Confused. What do we got here? Rock and Roll Hoochie Coo. School's out. Here, here's here's my take on those two soundtracks. Low Rider. Right, oh, yeah. they're the same fucking soundtrack. They're yeah, the exact I agree. Same, I, that that the I agree with. Soundtrack. I'm like, if dude, you turn on a specific station, these are just songs that you hear. That's the shit. Like, it, there's nothing super right. interesting about I'm, those. I'm going I'm I'm to throw a curveball here, uh, it, and one of my favorite soundtracks, and one that has inspired my entire life um, from. Uh, Ooh. From the time I heard the music, if you want to reach the heights that Danny Rocket has reached, yeah, then <laughs> Danny, can I ask does does it you, involve does it involve Arizona and K's? <laughs> well, no, th- that's a different story. But yeah, we could talk about uh, <laughs> my my affinity for Rocky Horror Picture Show. But no, it what it does involve is uh, yeah, my favorite soundtrack from a. Uh, a famous Cubs, a famous Cubs fan is in this movie, Bill Murray, Broken Flowers, and there's the oh. music of Mulatu Estake, who is he's from Africa. It's uh, Ethiopian jazz, and it is so cool. And that's the first time I ever heard that music. And since hearing that music in that movie, it opened up a whole world of sounds and music that I grew to. Pretty regularly. Like, it's one of my regular put-ons is a Mulatu Estaki, like, station or something like that. So there's my recommendation. For well, that, that's good. I'll have to. It's not Americana or anything. Or I'm just, I'm just telling you that, that, that Dazed and Confused is totally what, if you were from the 70s, you're like, yeah, that shit's my jam. Just like for me, when I listen to the single soundtrack, 
I'm like, holy shit, man. The single soundtrack yeah. from the 90s movie with all the Seattle bands. That's like right in our wheelhouse, right in the years that was all See, I was a nerd. I was listening to like Dr. Demento and They Might Be Giants, you know. Well, it, and I love I love the soundtrack in Days and Confused in the movie, but it's not a it's not a CD I'm throwing on. But mine is uh one I really love, The Lost Boys. Oh, the, that, the, that is a good one. The Lost Boys I soundtrack out to that in high school. Is an, it's an <laughs> it's an excellent soundtrack and my uh my oldest son Literally, he asked for that for Christmas this year. Because he wants to make out with it to it. Cubs so. Judge said <laughs> Reservoir Dog soundtrack was good, and I would agree with that. Any Tarantino, oh, any Tarantino soundtrack? soundtrack is pretty good. Sure. Yep. It's a great conversation. That Great question. Um, so uh, let's get another question in here. Uh, and John Pickus, this is Cubs related, but it's weird because it's John. In, in, uh, in 2041, there will be lots <laughs> <laughs> in 2041, there will be lots of celebrations of the 16 World Series team. Besides Addy, which one of those players won't be invited back for various festivities? Ooh. Uh, I think Addy will be invited back. I, I mean, th- yeah, I think so too. He's, think he's, he's, he's already on the. From... Right. Addy will be invited back. Ain't but on the freaking pond out in front of Wrigley. When they find all those dead children at John Lackey's house, yeah. done. Like Brian Mateusz's of the world and those kind of guys. I don't know, you know, guys that were just there for like a little, for like one week or so. No, those those guys are going to be the ones that will not miss a goddamn reunion. Yeah, those are the ones that will never (laughs) miss. I think those are are more like your like Matt Caesars or your Chris Codlins or. or, I don't know. Matt Caesar is more than NFTs now. Yeah. Right. But he's going to show up every. Every reunion is be like Rizzo used my bat. Yeah, just to sell the NFT of him saying Rizzo used my bat. <laughs> um, who's on that team? Let's see. Uh, how about Rob just just uh, Easy for me to say. He's definitely coming if yeah. he can get here from Canada because that's where he's from. Um, Spencer Patton. What? Yep. Really? Yeah. Is a was he a reliever? I think he's a spot starter. Really. Too. Oh God, um, Jose Joel Peralta. Yep, Jose. Yeah, Joel, Joel Peralta. Yeah, he's another pitcher. Yeah, Danny, do you remember we used to Joe, do a Joe freaking Nathan? What the hell? Joe Nathan was on. Yeah. The oh team, my God, <laughs> Danny, you remember we used to do a bit on the show in like uh, November where I would go through all the players, and you had to, you and Lyle had to guess whether they were on the team or not, like. We should have a game that's like, were they on the team or were they a bit player on Bonanza? (laughs) Or or did a Japanese video game invent their name? (laughs) Oh, man. Um, All right. More questions? Um, Uh, Would you rather fight one Mai Tai guy size? No, no. We'll do that in a second. Oh, okay. That's that's in your list? Okay. Let's make it sure. I got more Pincuses. Um, if you could go back more than a hundred years, would you recommend a different color scheme for the Cubs? No, uh, no. I love uh, Danny. We Danny's going to be the guy on this because he fucking hates this color blue. Uh, I love the co- the Cubs colors. You see what I painted my wall? That blue I like. 
That yeah, when you the like blue the seventies. But Crawley's wearing, and I'll I'll wear that blue only to a Cubs game or when I'm repping the Cubs. But mostly I like darker colors. Yeah. See, Crawley, Cra- what do you think about the color? That's scheme, a darker it? blue on your wall. Mm, that's that's that no that is literally officially like a cubby blue you can you can buy the it's through benjamin moore and so there's like a red marquee red and this is the cubby blue crawley's like i spent five thousand dollars to have the dude that painted the fucking uh clubhouse come in and do it (laughs) match well and until uh pat hughes describes the blue to me i'm not on board just saying (laughs) (laughs) No, it, it actually that blue. Oh no! Closer to I it. literally it call, I do I call it's it like cubby blue is what I call. It is cubby blue, and and it is a very specific color. Like I tried to match it. If you see, like on our broadcast right now in the Sun Ranto and the Sun Ranto show, that's pretty close to cubby blue, wouldn't you say? It's pretty yeah, close. It, yeah, yeah. It's it, maybe it, a little it, bit more electric. Um, yep. Because I'd rather it be something else. Like next question. Admit, yeah. Okay. All right. You don't want to hear me. No. Go. Bud. Why? Oh, are we gonna oh, fight tonight? Oh, are we P- fighting tonight? Pinkus. Pinkus says I would have kept the black, white, and gray. Yeah, uh, that- John, that was just black and white photography. <laughs> <laughs> they were. They. They had all sorts of colors back in the day. Yeah. Uh, they didn't have a we're camera. Get, to we're going to get crawly mad tonight at, at some point. <laughs> All right, here's another pickets, though, and I like this one. Uh, do you think Wrigley needs a signature food item besides the Chicago hot dog, like the garlic fries in San Fran or Skyline Chili in Cincy, which they don't I, really I, have at the ballpark, by the way. I would say that I disagree. I think the signature, not signature, but a signature restaurant that we have is hot dogs in the bleachers, and they always come up with interesting hot dog concoctions, name them after players. They're absolutely great. The only problem is is no one in the grandstand can get to those hot dogs that are absolutely phenomenal and way better than the shit that the Cubs give us in grandstand. So hot dogs doesn't exist. And if you're in the grandstands, I've been down there where they're like, yeah, it it says Chicago dog. And you buy that motherfucker, it's a hot dog in a bun. And they're like, yeah, it's Chicago, motherfucker. I'm like, Fuck you! Wait, 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 wait. Are you saying hot dogs is gone? No, hot dogs is there. What I'm yeah. saying, what I'm saying is that uh, you uh, that hot dogs is gone. The actual store, correct. Hot the only dogs. place you can get it is yeah. at Wrigley. And so I think that, and again, I know the owner doesn't want to get like like that's part of the reason he's like basically semi-retired. He works eighty-one days a year, but it would be a lot more awesome if it was in a lot different part of the parks. I bet that that would be a huge hit. Well, here's yeah. the thing. It's like I don't mind that the the food at Wrigley sucks. I think that might be like kind of an interesting way to go about it. Just like have the worst food <laughs> in baseball and like That's go true. up there and like make people like the shitty nachos and like the steam dogs and everybody oh, complains about it because you know what I mean. It's like we we like to complain. We're Chicagoans. We're complainers. We have the Sun Ranto show. Like I want to complain about like. Your terrible food concoctions and like I don't want it good food options. Like, put, well, what you know, are you talking eat, about? Why wouldn't you want good food options? Eat at home. Eat well, at I, home. Bring yeah, Danny, sandwich. you live a block away from the ballpark. I I, I have sandwich. to drive in. I don't want to bring a sandwich. I want to go to the ballpark the and imagine if they had some sort of partnership with had a had a partnership with Portillos. The food will never be good at Wrigley. Even if you had a Portillos in there, it would be the worst Portillos you ever had. The hot dogs is not that good. I've had it. I've had all the food at Wrigley, even the good food, quote unquote, for the podcast listeners, and it's not that good. Oh, because you're they had the, oh, the chef special. They had the chef table. 
Well, they had Danny the did a special. broadcast from a from a fucking bathroom stall. The food was so good. Yeah, there was precisely. the uh, what call it. There was the chef's corner in right field. Um, by it used to be by there was a diner that was there, and then it, they became the chef. They had different like actual professional in, chefs. In the right in. field corner, which they yes. uh, did they replace that old like decades uh, diner. Yeah, which was yes. a shame because it's the only place you could get air conditioning on a hot day. But and Jack says chef series. Yeah, they had different chef series, and I had some phenomenal food in there. Really good. Stand in line, miss three innings, like eat no, some you don't, chef. Really. You can eat the food of his, well, that's dude, very chef. That's the, the whole that point is, is that like if you only have good food in one tiny corner of the ballpark, then yes, you're gonna miss three <laughs> fucking innings. Yeah. But if I get in there at five thirty, then I can get some food. That's what I'm saying. Or you could go to the man's actual restaurant. Where you can sit in a wonderful place and eat the food as it was intended. It's like when you go to Rib Fest. Okay, do I want to eat the ribs of the best rib place at, out of a truck that was cooked outside in the middle of summer with a bunch of sweaty people around? Or do I want to go to the person's restaurant and I eat go to the ribs where they were intended with their actual oven <laughs> that they know how to use? Or I love, oven. I love how you're making this like <laughs> where the ribs were intended to be. Well, it I is. Love, I love hey, that Jack idea. mentioned that that Culver's is coming, so it it's doesn't wrong. matter. I will, I will go to Culver's right outside of Wrigley to make Danny happy. I'll go get to myself a Culver's. I'll go to a butter. It's right outside of Wrigley. It's a real. It's right there. It's going to be by, right by uh, Sports World, I think. Oh, and they're right. gonna. It's, oh. and, and so there I'm goes going to get a neighborhood. I'm going to get a <laughs> butter burger and some uh, some cheese curds and a cement mixer. That's Done. that's uh, that actually sounds fucking great. I'm going right to eat. I'm going but, to eat uh, not a Roddy Woo Woo show. So going you, back, you go Lottie Da over there. Yeah, I will. <laughs> going back Lottie just da. just a touch. Artie asks uh, related question: Would you be in if all Chicago's teams had the same colors like they do in Pittsburgh? So you know, like in Pittsburgh, the the uh, the Penguins, the Steelers, uh, and the Pirates all have a yellow and black color scheme. Yeah. Would you be interested in seeing a, uh, you know, the Bulls, the Bears, the Cubs? No, because then everybody looks the same all the goddamn time. It's way better to mix it up because then you're like, oh, I'm a, I'm a Hawks fan today. I'm red and black. And you can wear all the different colors. You can wear all the different schemes. If you're a sports fan of all the teams, then you can mix it up. You got a, a, a diverse wardrobe. No, absolutely not. Pittsburgh people, they're just, you know, that's my wardrobe is nothing but Cubs colors, literally monochromatic. <laughs> <laughs> we we got to get you into another team. Like, you like Ted Lee Wiggs? Um, so, uh, all right, now we're getting down to the, uh, well, actually, this is another serious baseball question if you guys are up oh, for good. it. I'm ready, um, I'm ready. And actually, Michael already weighed in. Uh, Chris on Twitter uh, said, real question this time. I forget what the, the not real question was. But hypothetically, once the lockout ends, Padres call Jed and Padres call Jed and say, hey, if we eat a bunch of money, do you guys want Hosmer? Even throwing Caratini to sweeten the deal? Would Av solve the problem? Who's going to play first base? Would you do it? I, um, Michael I would... already, well, let me finish the tweet here. Uh, Michael says, for who, though? The Padres need to get someone back. They aren't just sending players to the Cubs for nothing. So yeah, I'll, like, I so mean, I'll, I'll take Caratini back for nothing all day long. That's, but see, it was, put the put the question back up. What they're trying to say is is the Hosmer deal. And so there's a lot of things. Everyone knows the, the Padres want to get rid of Hosmer. And so you would take Hosmer and Caratini. You would trade some nobody. But what you want 
are prospects. You don't. You want the, the you want to take the money on of Hosmer and the the Padres still have a phenomenal farm system. So if you say we're going to take Hosmer for two years and whatever, and maybe you pay off some of the cash and you give us three prospects, we'll do that deal. Well, I mean, you're, you're looking at it. I'm looking at the the, you know, the Padres' top prospects. You got C.J. Abrams, shortstop, Luis Camposano, Robert Hassel, Mackenzie Gore, James Wood. These guys have been thrown out uh, all over the place as, like, the the best people you could possibly get and also have already proven to be untouchable from the Padres because when we traded them you Darvish we got a bunch of 17 year olds so the Padres the depends like they were supposed to win it all this year they were they built the team they got Tatis on the cover of MLB the show they're going straight at it and they didn't do it in fact they, they didn't finish third close. they finished third so uh, where are they in their desperation is San Diego desperate for a championship? Seems to me San Diego is never desperate at all, like ever. Uh, but you you know how quick these windows – you know how quick those windows close. We saw it here. It, did, it doesn't take much for the wheels to fall off. So if you think that you can get the Cubs to eat that money, give up prospects, and then take – again, San Diego is not a big budget team like the Dodgers or the Cubs or other big major market teams – they may be willing to say, okay, and then take that money and invest it in some top-tier free agent. So, uh, I mean, if you can get something that works for both teams done uh, where the Padres win now and the Cubs eat the money, but the problem with taking on the Hosmer, Hosmer money is even though you have room on your payroll and as much as I don't care, that's kind of a yoke around the team at that point. And then you're like, oh, he plays first base and he kind of sucks. And like, the only thing I'll say about Eric Hosmer is this. I went out to a game in San Diego. Eric Hosmer ended up out in left field and we were losing. Cubs were losing. And I was screaming to Hosmer all game about how he's a bum and like a terrible person. And like, you know, his grandma committed war crimes and all sorts of things. <laughs> and then, you know, Hosmer uh, turned around and he gave me this with his mitt. And he put it behind his back and he gave me the yap, yap, yap. And then he pointed to the scoreboard as, <laughs> as the Padres beat the Cubs. So maybe he's got a little Wrigley in him. That's but, all again, but, but again, when we talk about a guy like Hosmer, it's again, when you give a guy a huge deal, if it was if he was making Frank Schwindel money, no one would give a shit about Eric Hosmer. But he's not. He's making a shit ton of money. And that's why I get nervous about those big contracts. Because as much as people don't want to talk about it, there are budgets that you're given. And if all of a sudden that guy's eating up a huge chunk of your budget and you can't get better because of that guy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, whatever. Yeah, well, exactly. Hosmer. Just, yeah, you're just we got another it. question. <laughs> well, I'm looking up Hosmer's stats. He was worth one war. <laughs> oh, my year. God. I'll tell you what his stats are. He's okay, he wants to get rid of him. <laughs> yeah. He made one war. We made. He was one war. What was Schwindel's? Hey, war? he batted two sixty nine last year. Hey, nice, hey, nice. See, there he you actually go. He actually had it, it. He had a good twenty twenty. <laughs> I'm, t- I'm he, telling you, he's not. Again, he's not it's that not that bad. he's a bad player. It's just that he's making an obscene amount of money, and you don't have the production. Yeah, let's see what how much money he's making. I'm gonna scroll down here. They keep that at the bottom at Baseball ref- Reference. All right, so uh, he can opt out of his contract, though. Uh, he actually check this out. So he's making $21 million next year, which is an obscene amount of money, of course. But then the next three years, he's making thirteen. million. Mm-hmm. Oh, I mean. 60, so $60 million oh. left. 
So have it. have the Dodgers take the last thirteen, so to speak. You know what I'm saying? Throwing thirteen million, throwing some prospects. No, throwing thirteen million because you said thirteen the last two, right? 13 so throwing the last thirteen million, three. they've got him till right. he's thirty-five. He plays first base, which you know, I he was he was on those championship royal. He was on that championship royals team. That's how he got the contract in the first place, I think. Yeah. Um, and, I don't know. And and, and so uh, John Pinkus said he knows how to get me angry. And guys, serious. I know it's not doing this on purpose. I'm going to put this one. I'm going to tattoo this. I think pretty soon on my chest. No one was ever going to take Hayward in any package, any way, any shape, any form. Never was going to happen. So Guy Sirius' question is, put it back up real quick. Uh, Hayward takes a lot of budget. Somehow we traded everyone, but kept him. Should made him part of the package. But yeah, you could have, but you'd have to eat the money. And that's the question. They obviously value him as a human being over, uh, they're going to pay him, they're going to pay him anyway, so might as well keep him around. If he was a total dick face, they'd been like, bye, like the Zambrano for S- Carlos Silva trade or whatever the fuck that. Remember that no, one? Chris no, or, or the or yeah, the, Nolan, or, yeah, yeah. the Nolan Arenado trade. Well, hey, was, I'm not saying anything. Yeah. I'm just saying, right? That was, like, that, was, uh, that was more like uh, the, the, the Cardinals uh, have devil magic. Phoenix Night Flame says, <laughs> if you look at the numbers, Hosmer and Rizzo had very similar years in 2021, aside from the slug. Yeah, yeah, but but how about Frank Schwindel, though? He's got fucking double guns. Right. Like, <laughs> that's all I'm saying is it's is, is what drives people nuts is when the if you're the biggest, that's highest the paid guy on the shirt. team, you double have guns. to be the one that carries the team. You have to be the one that hits the clutch home run every single time. When you're getting paid that much, the expectations are through the roof. And obviously, Hosmer is just a mediocre player at best, and he's yeah. taken up a huge part of their budget. Yeah. And so if if the Cubs would eat that – now, I remember the days when the Cubs had a lot of room on their payroll, and they would just be like, oh, $5 million for a reliever? Sure, we'll take him, we'll take him, we'll take him, and they would just get everybody. But I think those that ship has sailed. But now maybe it can start sailing again. You'd be like, all right, we'll take – you pay five million, we'll do fifteen, and you know we'll find a deal. And then he's thir- he's cheap at the end. I don't know. Maybe you do it. Um, more questions. My tie guy, or no, Seth Kennedy writes in. Would you <laughs> at Sunranto and Crawley's Cubs rather fight one my tie guy sized duck, one my tie guy sized duck, or one hundred duck sized my tie guys? Wow, that's a that's a mouthful. And yeah, then, my tie guy actually responded to that. And yeah, my said, tie, I don't, it, it said, oh, "Gotta take gotta. the second option, right?" A six foot duck sounds like more trouble. Uh, r- running up duck emoji, and then uh, oh emoji, the scream. I, I'm I go disagree. With my I'm taking on this. I'm taking on the six foot duck. You're nah. taking on the six foot duck. A hundred percent. I I think one six foot duck is is in my wheelhouse. Yeah, but you've never seen this. A hundred buck size Mai Tais? Come on. Well, that's just weird. But Crawley, uh, <laughs> I would feel bad other. about kicking little Mai Tais all over the place. Crawley, what do you say? What would you take? I'm going, the, with, the, I'm going to go with Mai Tai knows trouble. So I'm going to go with what he says. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go with Mai Tai because Mai Tai knows trouble, and I'm going to go with the second option because you've, you've seen the size of ducks. You could just kick them pretty easy. Yeah, you can kick them pretty easy, or you. But don't they look like my tie? They're 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 baseball. Are they are they coming after me? 
They're duck-sized yeah. Mai Tais. I think that's implied in the Or a Mai Tai-sized duck. And I want to punch a duck. I don't want to punch Mai Tai. Okay. Yeah, well, uh, other people do, but <laughs> that's, 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 <laughs> that's, that's been proven over yeah, and over and over, yeah, over and over again. You, yeah. Usually they're called Uber drivers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or random guy on the street or the dude that was sitting at the bar. Uh, <laughs> so uh, that, I think, is the last of the questions. Um, I, I do have one announcement. It's that uh, Wrigley Field's got bumper cars. <laughs> so I'm going to buy them today. <laughs> Uh, if you want to, uh, we should do this, guys. I really think that we should go down there on like some terrible cold day in January and get on the bumper cars. Like you see them there. They look more like bumper boats. Like it's what bumper boats look like. They're like all multicolored. But, hey, it's better than ice skating, in my opinion. Ice skating, you know, you got to actually. So, Danny, I'm saying we get teams. One team's on ice skates. One team's on bumper Can cars. Can we fight? Yeah, like, like the bumper cars are trying to like take out the ice skaters, and then we then we flip flop teams. Well, I'm on the giant Mai Tai guy duck team. <laughs> I am going to say to myself that I do like ice skating, but you have to do that sober. I learned that the hard way. Um, but bumper. the bumper ca- bumper cars looks like it would be uh, better with a little bit of alcohol involved. Okay, I wonder if they make you sign a waiver. They've got to. Oh yeah, yeah you sign. I've I've been skating out there. You got to sign white waivers for everything. So we never got to story time with Crawley. Should we, should we save it or do you want to go? Let's through Let's roll it. Quick? We can roll it. You want to roll it? All right. Well, roll then it. I got to play it. Well, I got to play oh, the theme song. Then. I'm. Th- that means I'm going to get another beer and I'm going to be play the play the theme drunk. song. Let's go. All right. Yeah. Well, I, I got to look for it. It's been a while. It's been a while since we did story time. It's probably one of the top five, six ones. All right, here it goes. Story time with Crawley, with Crawley, with Crawley. Story time with Crawley, it's Crawley story time. Wait, All did right. you remix that? No, it's the same one we always used. Oh. You've changed. <laughs> so, for those of you that don't know, this is a tough weekend for me. This is year number two without Cubs convention. And if you know me, Cubs convention is my favorite weekend of the year, better than my birthday, better than Christmas, 4th of July, everything. So I, every year, would go and get excited and make signs and drink beers. Here's Danny and I. I don't remember what year that is. Was that 16? Does it say 2016? Uh, well, let me, let me tell by the John Baker Day shirt. I'm wearing the dark blue one, which I believe was 17. So that might have been... 17 going in. Looks like 16 in the back. I don't know. Maybe my hair's my hair's kind of long. I don't know. But I always get in the front row. I'm screaming and yelling. I'm looking around, all fun. Play some bingo and you know, eat some good pizza, which they don't have at Wrigley Field. So you can get this good pizza right here, and all of it is a lot of fun. But the one thing I started doing long time ago is all these people would ask stupid questions. And so I said to myself, I was running a blog at the time. This is like 2005. This is a long time ago. I said to myself, what if I posed as a reporter and started to ask some serious fucking questions? Like they're waiting for the question like, what would you do if you didn't play baseball? And I would go up there and be like, Addison Russell uh, was accused of domestic abuse. How does it feel to have, you know, I would seriously just give him a question to kind of see, to get some sort of response. And so I would, I would go up all the time and get in line, first in line, ask my question and, and, and see how it would go. So if you remember, (laughs) if if you remember in 2008, 
Cubs had the best record in baseball, right? They had a disappointing 2007. They snuck into the playoffs like in the last month, last week of the season, I want to say. And it was disappointing. But 2008, that team just had gold. They were, they were on fire. They were ready to go. And they get into the playoffs, and they're going to face the Dodgers. And um, before the game starts, you know, Lou Pinella is the coach. And for two years, Lou Pinella's going, ah, there's no such thing as curses. I don't believe in – like every manager up to that point. <laughs> I don't believe in curses. Da, da, da. There's no curses. I don't know what you're talking about, you damn Chicago people. Crazy. Nah. He's bitching about it. What do they do before the first home game in 2008, the first playoff game? They bring a Greek Orthodox priest out of the dugout to give blessings. So basically everything that they've been trying to pitch, that there's no curse, this and that, is totally fucked because, you know, you, you, you did this. Now, I'm trying to figure out. I'm pissed off about it because I've been saying the same thing. No curse. And then they, they fucking pulled this shit. You know what I mean? It's like so meatball. So I'm pissed. And so I want to know, I have two questions in this. This is, a, this is on my YouTube channel. Uh, there are two questions here, and both of them are phenomenal questions. And this is the 2009 Cubs convention. So I will play you my video, and these are my questions to Crane Kenny and to Jim Hendry. And at the time, as usual, they always had uh, Randy Bush there to, to, to kind of mm, sit there. Randy really Bush. Yeah, here we go. That so is, this is literally my porn name, Randy Bush. You got to make it full screen. There you go. Um, first off, I want to say thank you guys for making the tough decisions that may have been unpopular. I am hung over here. Towards the goal of winning a World Series. I appreciate that. Shocker. I got a question. Oh, no. For, uh, Randy and Jim and then one for Crane. Um, what was the decision to get Bradley as far as over Ibanez or over, say, um, Bobby Abreu? What was the thought process that went on there? Crane, for you, quick question. Um, you're a very smart man. You didn't get to where you were by not being smart. You also talked about not believing in churches, yet the Greek Orthodox priest comes out of there, and that was kind of embarrassing, I think, to, on a national scale. Butter him up, tear now, him down. I know that you – I don't think you would have done that on your own. I know the documentary was being shot clapping. last year. And were the producers – did they ask anything as far as, would you do this or would this be great for the documentary or anything to that? So I'll let you guys answer. Let me do that. Let so let me, let, let me just ha- let me just pause it right here. So there's two questions that I have. Number one, the Cubs were very much in need of a left-handed bat, and they went with Milton Bradley, where I felt that Raul Ibanez or Bobby Abreu would have been the better choice. We all know how that turned out. But in 2008, that was the centennial year, and there was a documentary being filmed the whole year. So in my mind, no one could be that stupid to feed into this Billy Goat nonsense in the organization. I know how much Lou Pinella hated to fucking answer those questions. So I'm trying to figure out why in the hell would anyone do this? So here's Crane's response. So that, that's one of the dumber things we've done, right? Um, <laughs> and, and in my six years of decisions, that's, that's probably maybe two or three in the, of the dumb things we've done. Um, and no, this, it had nothing to do with the documentary. It wasn't uh, somebody saying, well, we let's try and do something spicy. This was it is along the lines of, of making decisions quickly. Do something and do spicy. Like, you know, an email like bring in a Greek or he's got a weird freaking notion of what spicy is. Has the cell phone ringing with the Cubs tune on it. And I don't know. Greek food can be spicy. It could be, but not Greek Orthodox priests. Nobody had any influence on that one. And I said, let him in. He wanted to say a blessing for our good health, which we had good health, but but the results made us sick. Uh, so, uh, so no, it, it was nothing more than 
let, let's let some one of our fans in and he wanted to come in six hours before the game and just hopefully give us some good health and I said fine if I could do it again I wouldn't have um no question about it but it, it had nothing to do with it got blown into a bunch of different things and it's it's uh you know it's one of those things you look back on and say how did you make that decision it, clearly not one of my best in the last six years so that is his answer and I don't know if you heard it but one of the things he was saying was basically there's a big uh, a fan. This priest is a big Cub fan. He really just wants to say a prayer, and he couldn't see the harm in that. But that just didn't really jive with a lot of people. So Paul Sullivan leaves where we are speaking, right? With the, the, there's this con- he leaves that uh, session. And guess what he does? He tracks down the Greek Orthodox priest. And he says, so here's the story. Uh, you supposedly wanted to say a blessing for the Cubs? And the guy's like, no. They there, asked me to come out and do it. There's nothing better than a lie that can be so easily disproven by just simply asking the person <laughs> involved. So here is the headline. Yeah. <laughs> Dugout priest ready to curse Kenny. So cheer, cheers on that one. But he literally was – the priest was like, what the fuck? Why would you Why would you throw me in the middle of this? I didn't want it. You guys invited me. Now he's throwing him under the bus. <laughs> now he's throwing him under the bus. And Good thing the only thing wearing, though, he wears that giant black hat with the cardboard on the side because uh, – Right. The only thing that bothers me, though, is that – is Paul Sullivan writes the article up. And at this point, I had been drinking for years with Paul Sullivan at Kitty O'Shea's and different Cubs cons and all this shit. This is back when it was at the Hilton. So, you know, he actually said the priest accused Chairman Crane Kenny of throwing him under the bus at last weekend's Cubs convention. When a fan asked about the ritual, Kenny took a blame, calling it one of the dumbest things he had done. Paul, buddy, we shared beers. I've helped you pick up women. Don't call me a fan. You could have called me out by name. Bruce Miles, years later, when we were at CubsCon and I broke the story that the Ricketts weren't doing their family session, he at least had the decency to throw my name in the article. Come on, Paul. Disappointed at that one. And that's my story. My CubsCon story. <laughs> I feel like we need to play the theme song again, right? Like, Doesn't it seem like that needs a button, as they, they say in the biz? Let's, um, let's give it a button. All right. I'm going to give it a button. Where is it? Oh, here it is. Story time with Paul. We really yeah. have to do this bit more. We have we have <laughs> to do this bit more. It's it's a great bit. You you've got a lot to say. You've got a lot of stories from the past, and uh, I enjoy them. And, I have and, to and say honestly, though, Crawley, I a hundred percent believed in that curse. I think that's what kept them from. I think they were cursed. <laughs> And I think that the curse was on Wrigley Field, but by the time 2016 rolled around, they had changed so much of Wrigley Field, it really wasn't Wrigley Field anymore. All the cursed boards had been taken out of that place. I'm just telling you, and that was a good two-part question because I also was, I I, I knew they needed a left-handed bat, and you had two great options in Ibanez, and uh, Abreu, and then you had Milton Bradley, who was coming in from Texas. He came off. I like how you're like, just stick through, just stick with me through this curse question, yeah. and I'll get to the the, the left-handed bat. Well, no, no. I so, agree with so, you on Abanez, though. I wanted Abanez too. We didn't even know each other then, Crawley. We didn't. We had no yeah, idea no. that there was a Danny or a Crawley, like none of it. And I wanted Abanez too from afar. 
Right. You were in New York probably at that yeah. time in 2008 or something. I, I was watching a Bonnie. He was with the Phillies. Yeah. And he was a great player. And Bobby yeah. Abreu was too. And, and, and you, you, you had three choices in left-handed bats. And the problem with Milton Bradley, which everybody knew was the dude was a nutcase. But if you're playing for the Rangers and they weren't doing good and he was kind of a lunatic, but they didn't have the pressure cooker. I'm like, how's Milton Bradley going to handle fucking the Wrigley crowds and the media and, I knew it was going to be trouble. Yeah, what what was weird was Crane also blamed the Greek Orthodox priest on that Seriously. choice as well. <laughs> like, he was like, this, I mean, he came in, he blessed the fucking place, <laughs> and he told Greek. me, hey, Milton Bradley. Speaking well, Greek it's Orthodox, funny because he's always taking it on the chin in this <laughs> you know, organization, I tell you. <laughs> a brave, or I'm sorry, it was, it was classic because you had Crane lying about it, which made all the papers, and then you had... Uh, it was Jim Hendry who kept talking about, well, we went out to dinner with Milton Bradley, and I can't tell you what a great dinner it was and how much we had fun talking to Milton Bradley. And it was like this whole thing is like, dude, you had a dinner with him? Did you have one with Ibanez or a Bray? Like, what are, what are you doing, dude? Like, you, like, he mentally was not strong enough to play at Wrigley. Everybody knew that. He was literally dying. Like, Jim Hendry was, uh, like, two steps away from a heart attack at that point. Remember, he signed Ted Milton Lillian. Bradley. Ted Lilly on his deathbed yeah. Yeah. in the hospital bed. He signed Ted Lilly. So, like, you know, I don't know what was going on then. There were a lot of bad decisions that, you know, I mean, we, I mean, th- there's the history to tell. You can go through all the years and be like, that shouldn't happen. That should have happened. That shouldn't happen. That should have happened. But like, you know, at, at least we had John Lester for that <laughs> short time to come full circle, put a button on it uh, and get to our TFCs. I do have some announcements. Real um, quick. Artie Boucher says, obviously they didn't go to dinner at Wrigley. They took Danny's <laughs> advice. Yeah, the food is terrible. <laughs> you don't want to eat there. Uh, no food at Wrigley. Um, <laughs> Damn it. So uh, we are still planning on a G man tavern show on opening day on April 4th. If you want to come, but I'm, I'm, I'm guessing we do something around then. That's what I'm guessing. Like, we're going to do a show either way at that time just because I want to be with you all and play uh, Cubs music for everybody and have a party, even if MLB can't get their shit together. You know, Michael just left. He's like, yeah, I don't want to be with you all. <laughs> all uh, I know is is if, if you need my help moving my car, you better help me find it in the morning. That's a different story time. <laughs> story time <laughs> that's a different show maybe it's <laughs> a completely different show that's that's the worst thing i ever did while drunk <laughs> which is a good show which is maybe a better show than this one maybe we should we'll get a different background it'll be fine um so uh anyway i hope to see everybody soon uh we're not gonna uh do this show again until I guess next week. We're not going to have a green room tonight because we just went this way. We just had a two hour show on our, our in our regular talking Cubs way. And um, I, th- I think Michael Cotton's being told that his house is on fire right now. So <laughs> he's, he's he's off air. Michael, I'm, is your house sorry. on fire? I'm in, I'm, I'm in the middle of completing a, a COVID test. <laughs> I'm literally doing a COVID <laughs> you, test you spit in the in middle of this. Ooh, live results. My, yeah, live results. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm just tuned, spitting. I'm, I'm spitting in a tube to send it out. What's That's content, spinning? dude. Yeah, exactly. Like, why aren't we just, like, having – COVID result shows. Like, no, because it's not COVID that? result. It's me spitting into the tube, and we got to no, send why it off is it everybody thing. broadcasting the moment that they take the test? They, I guess they are, right? People are doing this, right? 
Sure. Everybody's taking tests all the time, right? I haven't I, seen it. I haven't seen it either, but I mean, there's our new I took TikTok a test today video. And I didn't broadcast it. I broadcast every. I'm like telling the weather on Twitter. Yeah, that's. But I, I, I didn't broadcast my COVID test today. Oh my God, we should Content, be. Man. We should have been doing this. Yeah, TikTok this whole baby. time. And instead, you went off. You you went off the screen, disrupted our show, to spit in a cup. So you could take a cup. No, no, no. I to, to be fair, I was spitting in the cup during Crawley's. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I was passing the time during that dumbass story. All right. Yeah, and now <laughs> Emily is That's right so here rude. next to me, and she's trying to fill out the the test Iowa thing. Mm. So, by the way, if if anybody in the Iowa City area is you know wanting to do this at the library, go to the library, get the test. You spit in a cup, take it to the place in Coralville and drop it off. Take we have it. had. It, it is actually, it is actually taken. Uh, it, it we get it done in like a day. Like they let us know the same day, a lot of times. So, well, that's Iowa, TFC time. Yeah, uh, I got nothing because I, I, um, what? Well, no, maybe I do have something. So somebody else yeah. go first. Oh yeah, I have one too. All right, let's go with this Lester TFC by Funky Cole Luda, a.k.a. Luis Medina, friend of the show. <laughs> yeah. John Lester played for half a season for the Cardinals. Was like, I'd rather not play baseball again than be back with that team. Respect. Yeah, 100%. That was, that was the headline. Nobody was picking up on uh, two months. That was it. Done with baseball. Uh, all right. So I've got... This one here, uh, Cardinal legend John Lester from the game day MLB. And, uh, you know, and and that was that's where you get that response. You know, like, no, Mm. the Cardinals are what drove him out of baseball. (laughs) Well, I'm just going to put up this picture. Which is was sent to me by uh, Sun Ranto, great uh, Hall of Fame legend Lyle Aker, who was on this show for forever. And he that's t- not Lyle, by the way. If that is not Lyle. It is, it is a picture know. of a guy, and like you can definitely like date this photo to a tuxedo with no coat in the '90s. And the front looks just about right. It looks like a guy is either going to a prom or a wedding or a. Um, uh, well, but the back of him looks like Rocky Horror Picture Show. He's got a thong and women's underwear and pantyhose. And like, uh, so um, anyway, uh, Lyle sent this to me and he said to me, he goes, he goes, tell everybody this is Tom Ricketts. It'll be funny. <laughs> and, it, and it was. I did tell everybody. I'm like, so hilarious sources say this is Tom Ricketts. And um, hilarious sources did because uh, did kind of look like him. So I got uh, one I, more, one more. Oh, oh, sweet. Ryan Thibodeau. Like I said, I follow the hall of fame tracker. Crazy ballot. One fifty four is from Dan Shognassi for the second consecutive year. He submits a Jeff Kent only ballot. He is the only writer from the Boston globe to not vote for David Ortiz. Uh, so, and then he goes into the reveal of their votes and locked out. Musa said, the only time a Jeff ballot only a Jeff Kent only ballot made sense was the episode he got voted off of Survivor. <laughs> and this just kind of wraps up my fuck the Hall of Fame voters. Yeah, it's got to change. Who the fuck has a Jeff Kent only ballot? 
Wait, I think Michael might be getting a positive test. <laughs> I like what Guy Sirius says when Guy Sirius says, you are the father. Seriously, dude, that would be so much. I mean, that's basically the show. I mean, it's already been done except for a yeah. paternity test. Do we have paternity test on Sunranto if the strike continues? Oh, my God. <laughs> no, yeah. just COVID test. I, I'm, no, I'm so all my COVID tests live from now on. I'm going live so for every COVID test. I was actually normally in the last like few months, we have done the show and then we, I have to actually leave where I'm at now in the garage and go in to the house to get on my iPad to do the green room. And I was just going to do all that stuff in between. Great story, bro. <laughs> and unfortunately, <laughs> we've been on the show for two hours now and my wife, my wife just my came wife. in. And, and, my and wife. She's not overly happy with me at the moment. Uh, so well, that makes three of us. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's what happens. Like she's in, in, and she's pissed off at me because I didn't come in, which sure. That's I, I get it. Yeah, but then I'm also ignoring the show at the same time. Uh, and you're this, drunk, and you're not. This taking is your how COVID you do it, people. Seriously. This <laughs> is the downward spiral of a life. <laughs> <laughs> you're watching it live, <laughs> and you may ask yourself, "Where did I get this beautiful automobile?" <laughs> Good times, fellas. Good times. Come stalk in a strike in a pandemic. You know, hey, you can never say the Sunranto show wasn't here for you, though. You really can't. You know what? Every other show is doing dumb shit. Like, hey, let let's bring on, uh, you know, some I don't know, some prospect, and the prospects like, you know, I just play a hundred percent and I give it every all I can every day, and blah blah blah. This boring as shit. You come here and you get uh, COVID test divorce. <laughs> <laughs> well, don't get divorced. I think you should get off the show. Like, even if we do, if, Carly's yawning. You're getting she, divorced. She's gone. I'm hungry. She, she's gone now. I, I'm well, good for yeah, another she's, hour. She's gone forever. Go run after her. <laughs> What's wrong with you? That was the. That's the only woman that'll ever love you. You just hear this tire screeching and the dust in the driveway. Dust in the wind. Seriously, we could actually get better ratings. So maybe I should encourage you to stay out or at least go on your phone. <laughs> While Jeff you run Best show going by far. Now we'll we'll keep we'll keep something sacred, I guess. Tune in for the Cubs. Stay for the COVID. Uh <laughs> all right next week everybody save up your covid test we'll all do them live on air let me know if you're gonna get covid tested because i'll bring you in and give you an invite to the to the broadcast because i don't think we'll have baseball news except for <laughs> what we make up in our lives. green room next <laughs> green room next week no we gotta go be... live i want to see the look on somebody's face when they test negative or positive and we want to we want to judge the color of your spit if you've got weird colored spit coming into that vial I don't know. We 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 need to we need to make judgments about weird. your life. Now, now you weirded everybody out. We got we got to end the show <laughs> before we get canceled. All right, um, all right. Uh, I guess uh, Spagog. That's how we end the show, right? And well, then no. I, play, I got two songs to come. I got uh, John Lester songs up the wazoo. So here's two of them. So Spagog. 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 
less today The World Series seems so far away Now I can't wait for opening day 2015 starts last day Suddenly The Cubs have an ace who's a lefty Can't wait to watch him pitch at Wrigley John Lester is a cubby Thank you to Theo Cause you got John Lester paid We'll remember you when the Cubs go all the way Lester Day We told them LB we came to play Plus we stole Joe Madden from the Rays And last year we ripped off the A's Cubs are spending Joe Montero behind the plate It's been six long years since the play in a way today The Cubs could be in a pennant race The damn Cardinals in second place Oh, I believe in Lester Day Okay, it was pointed out in the chat. Uh, so we're we're back real quick. Uh, we're back. Crawl, you want to come back for this? Uh, yeah, right. He's back. Uh, we we forgot that, the chance for chance. We forgot the, that I'm going to give away the chance for chance. So if you're just tuning in, I'm giving away uh, a postcard written by me of Frank Chance. You can see it up in my little square there. And it's Frank Chance batting. I, I bought this today. And uh, I will write you a postcard on the other side if you win. So just... Uh, Type into the chat hashtag chance. You have just a couple more seconds to. Not only uh, that, if you win, Michael will send you the dear John letter that his wife left as she walked away. <laughs> <laughs> Along with the, the positive COVID test, <laughs> Michael, I will, I will, send, <laughs> I will send you all, all the Frank Chance postcards if your wife didn't leave you tonight, and then everything else is going to be written by you from now on. Because oh my I'm God. sure you're, you're going to write a lot more sad things than me. <laughs> so, um, Giddy, I, I have to say, it's been a long time since I've listened to Lester Day. It holds up. It's actually the perfect song for right now. Like the 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 whole theme of the song and everything, I think it works just as well welcoming him in as, as letting him go. Like that was good. That's why next week on the show, we're going to have why Danny rocket is the greatest artist of our time. Not yeah. all of your songs hold up. Like, <laughs> you know, that, that whole song about how much you like Addison Russell. That didn't, no, hold no, up, that's but... not coming on except for the nacho song that get nacho, nacho man. That Addison oh, yeah. Russell. I'm so sad <laughs> that, that uh, anyway, go, go to the Danny rocket archives. There's a, uh, there's some, uh, you take the good, you take the bad, you take them both. You, there you have. All right, but here we got. Um, all right, I'm gonna do the chance for a chance. 
uh, there are 15 entries in the game right now. Um, whoever wins uh, is the greatest person that ever lived. Okay, here, let the wheel spin. Who shall win? And we get down to Jerry Zanutig, who's a goalie, who's actually a goalie for the Montreal Canadiens, I think. Is that Jerry Zanutig backwards is Getunez. <laughs> it, it really is, and and Danny, I'm a I'm a little bit afraid that you might have to put extra postage on that to get it out of the country. I guess so. Um, well, Please. I don't know. I don't know Jerry, but I'm excited to write him. And I'm excited excited to meet him, and I'm going to write him a, a postcard letter. Um, so we were already done with the show, but now we're really done with the show. We're gonna play one more song. This is like a, a an MCU post credits bullshit right here. <laughs> <laughs> the deep cuts of the Sun Rancher yeah, show. Yeah, two uh, seconds away from slamming my laptop shut. <laughs> <laughs> I know Charlie was gone. Came back to shut his laptop. He's like, He's like "Oh shit, we're doing? still doing what this." What am I missing? Did we trade for Korea? Uh, trade. Uh, so uh, here's Lester always flips it underhand. Spagog again. Everyone's always pitching. He can't field while he's pitching. But it could be worse when he throws the first. Lester always flips it underhand Every time that he throws it No one knows where it's going Ball stuck in his grip But John's got the yips Lester always flips it underhand When the batters try their hand at bunting John has trouble getting off the mound but Anthony knows a bad throw's coming But sometimes John launches it in the crowd The runner, he'll retire If his throws aren't on fire Ball stuck in the mid, Rizzo does the splits Lester always flips it underhand Lester always flips it underhand Bye, John. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? more confident, capable surgeons, and even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast.